I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfather's was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory, a podcast solely focused on amplifying Black and Indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> All the energy. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much energy. But Yo, I think my favorite part. No, it's the best type of energy. Thank you so much. <laughs> too much is just the amount that I was looking for. <laughs> and I didn't even know. <laughs> Yo, my favorite is how uh, sometimes there's that delay that comes across. You froze on my screen for a minute in like full hype mode. Oh, really? <laughs> arms out, ready. Uh, yeah, that was the best. I literally yawned right before after the intro ended. So I was like, shoot, let me hurry up and turn it on. Polar opposites. Yep, you had to jump from one to the other. The show must go on. Just kidding. Yep. (laughs) A true professional. Look at you just jumping out the wings and onto the stage. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, hello, you. Hello. I feel like it's been a minute. I mean, oh my gosh. it's only been a week, but it feels like it's been a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. So much has been packed into a week that, yes. yeah, it's definitely yes. been at least, what, two and a half weeks worth of content, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, to reduce exactly. it down to quote unquote content. You get what I'm saying though. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Speaking so of... what's what's your week been like? What you been dipping into? Uh, dipping into the lakes of our ancestors, I actually went ooh, to Joseph Orange. Bars, bars. You know, I was <laughs> I dipping in the waters. That of our... <laughs> I did not expect that response. He threw it right back at me. Yeah, I was like, oh, if we dip in the then poetry. let's talk about it. Okay. No playing. <laughs> yeah. <sacred. laughs> Just a pure wash. Eh? Uh, no, I made it down to Joseph Oregon <laughs> this past weekend. Uh, and yeah, if you've never been to Joseph Oregon, it also is a well present day joseph oregon let me not restrict it to current uh what would you call it current perceptions understandings of the area uh, because yeah. at the heart you know mimi <laughs> yeah. poo homelands uh and wallawa lake please google it if you've never seen it's the most pristine place and yeah that's where i got to take a nice respite from the hot 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 sun and just dive into the there. waters. I have not been there yet. Not the lake. I know. I kind of lost my native car. Sorry, I didn't mean. I did. Oh my gosh! I made <laughs> no, the no, worst no. face. I'm no, so was, sorry. I didn't very, mean to. No, it was very appropriate. Because you know when you say like, like okay, I'm just gonna just throw it out there. I don't have an electric slide, so you know I lost my black card over there, and I'm absolutely shocking. Card over here, so like, <laughs> I'm just a disgrace to both races. But you're, you're but catching now. out these cards left and right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, but. Yeah, my sister Chloe's always like, "Let's go to Alawa, let's go to Alawa," but I've never been to the lake. No, I've been, I've been to Alawa, I just haven't been to the lake. Okay, so, so yeah, that's, so that's on my bucket list. Yeah, you still, you still have to take that dip. <laughs> I do. Okay, yes, so I can feel just as sacred as you. Yeah, you know. So I, <laughs> I, I went in one person, and now I came out a thirty-four-year-old Kellen on the other side yes <laughs> uh, as this also coincided uh being the day and the day following or the day following my birthday as well as the next day 
so yeah, and fresh off the heels of, of another successful year complete, uh, yeah, I was able to go back to to the Wallawa area and, and just enjoy the beauty. Yes, so. that's the best feeling, just to go and to separate yourself from the world. I did that um, did that last year, and it was amazing. I just kind of turned on, had no cell service, just with the family, root digging and swimming and doing all that good stuff. So sometimes it's good to disconnect, especially on, like, your birthday to where, Heck, uh... you know, because you're just overwhelmed with people. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I still haven't caught up. So my bad on the people who I haven't responded back to. We are now about four or five days past yeah. the actual day. I'll get there. I just, I just haven't wanted to pick up my phone. I'm still in the serenity of of everything else. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the biggest thing really is that uh, I had an awesome actual birthday because it fell on a Saturday, which was just amazing. The weather was perfect and was. Uh, everything was planned out for me. There was a day party with a DJ out in a park. Uh, there was clothing apparel. There was food. There were educational speakers and games. And, you know, beyond that, uh, there was a whole party set up uh, with a step and repeat, professional lighting and a photographer, uh, all this stuff. And I was like, well, excuse me for showing up today and having all this amazingness. And uh, so I want to thank you, Michaela, oh for and also <laughs> like he's like looking around. For everything except for me yeah, I, know. Like, I don't know what's going on and i'm just sitting here blushing like an idiot like, just being the most dramatic my bad i put me up yeah i can't nobody, focus on is, a single know, point like a when i'm kid. coming off the top i gotta look around i feel like a little kid because it's like you know you're talking about me and i'm just smiling ear to ear like i know the secret like, <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, on top of the the thank you, just a huge congratulations to you on your second annual Juneteenth celebration. Thank you. Yes. Boop, 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 boop. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. I almost no, didn't even I'm commit. Glad you did it. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, that's typically my yep. my voice in the background oh, yeah. of all the past episodes. <laughs> Yep. But I get the honorary one specifically from Kellen. Oh my gosh, so good. <laughs> but yes, now you guys can finally stop hearing me talk about, I'm so tired of working the Juneteenth event. Like, now it's over. And um, and it's kind of sad that it's over, but at the same time, it's okay. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of, for those of you who don't know, I guess, if this is your first time listening, I Come planned on. a Juneteenth event um, in Lapway on our Nez Perce Reservation, Nimi Poo Reservation. Um, and so, yeah, we did a Saturday day celebration. We had a lot of people come out. The sun was shining. The weather wasn't too hot. Um, so it was good. I mean, half of the park was shaded. So <laughs> I had everything facing the right, correct way. And, like, nobody was in the sun. Like, so but everybody was sitting to the left of, like, the stage, the so-called stage. And everyone was just in the shade. But I'm like, I'm so glad there was enough shade for everybody because yes. nobody would have been here. So, <laughs> But, yeah, so it went really good. We had speakers, performers, food, games. Um, and then I decided to, I don't know why I felt so gutsy to plan two events, but I did. And Yo, it worked did out it. pretty good. 
good um, for the after party. The community showed up and showed out, and the support was amazing. It was huge. Um, so right now, I want to give an on-air thank you to, first of all, the community and especially yes. Kellen. And I'm a little like mad at him because he did not oh. tell me it was his birthday <laughs> and I didn't have any chance to embarrass him up on the mic at either party. So he got he's he slid on by yep. with that one. But that's you know, okay. I had to get one in. That's okay. Um <laughs> Because now it's common knowledge, you know. That's Now I, like. I know. Nobody's safe next year. You're not safe next year. <laughs> exactly. That's how I was ducking and diving this time around. He I was. said, shh. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to thank the community for sure. Because obviously, it literally has nothing to do with me. I just make the calls. Yes. yes. It's because of you guys that show up. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was very, very amazing. I want to thank my family. I want to thank... All of our other volunteers, Dana, especially, Mar, especially, Tommy, um, everybody. My auntie worked her butt off, Charlotte, my mom. I felt bad because I looked over and my family's face are just red. And I'm like, stop, go eat, go do whatever. It's hot outside, it's 90 degrees. No, we're fine, we're fine. <laughs> so yes, they're used to me doing, No mercy, no mercy. And I'm like, oh gosh, because they're like the aunties. Like, they they don't need no man type aunties. Yes, so gonna get they're used it to done. me doing these events and they just they just keep it going. So, like I said, I just want to thank everybody. It was a success because of you guys and we can only get better from here. And I hope that we only get better from here. Um, and yeah. But that was my week, my weekend, I guess. Um, and then for the last few days, I've just been <laughs> recouping, so like sleeping. Um, because if any of you who have planned events, it is mentally as not as much physically for me. Like I'm used to running and gunning and standing on my feet, but it's mentally exhausting. So I've been sleeping um, for the last couple of days, or trying to, and just relaxing but now i'm back at just trying to get back in the swing of things and beating and answering emails and whatnot so but yeah, yeah. That's okay just what's going on with me this week i love it <laughs> well it all out again. <laughs> you know it's probably hard to get back in the swing of things too when you you know strut around the lc valley in your movie star-esque Okay, uh, that's a little dramatic. No, no. so <laughs> if y'all have if y'all have ever with seen hair with beads, like... <laughs> so if you've ever seen these actors who who attend this ceremony, and the best of the actors get this thing called an Oscars trophy or an Oscars award, and that golden silhouette, if you apply that golden silhouette to Michaela and just like this beautiful beautifully draped uh gown uh showing up to her second <laughs> event of the day so mind you had been working all day and was there to party at night and still shutting it down on everyone i was like well let me just go back and re-edit this outfit because clearly <laughs> michaela came through and i was not prepared in the way that she was so um you know just an additional Big ups to you, cause I'm glad the dress did the work. Because I'm inside, I was dead. <laughs> I showed up. I had my overalls on from the the, the day yes. celebration. Looked at my watch. It was nine o'clock. I'm glad everybody was running on that CP time because I was not ready. And I was like, okay, let me at least get ready. I got ready, and everybody's like, I love your dress. And I wasn't even mentally like there yet. And so I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like I looked yep. down, like, and I'm like, I'm glad the dress is doing the work because. 
I did not have time to look the way I really wanted to look, but it worked out. It was distracting enough. But well, yeah, I was surprised at the after party. I went through the page. We had like 90 plus people there. So oh, go off. It was good. And I haven't done a night event before. I actually failed one. I did try doing a concert before and it was like a night party but of course i was doing another like huge event at the same time so this was kind of like my bounce back and um i was very very grateful just to have our own in there and i hate to say it that way but Mm. um it felt really really good um just to vibe out with my community and those who actually knew what juneteenth was and you know it was a whole vibe we had good food um good drinks thanks to Mar and you know just good energy all around you know and I think we can definitely make that better since that was like my first one yeah. um, within our community but it did it still went very very well and I just want to really like not enough thank yous for everyone who participated and helped me out for real for real yes cuts you out y'all and you yes. actually just mentioned um you know what is Juneteenth you know that's something that we didn't even uh take the time to talk about in in the moment that we shared we we did do a quick live session for the people who are in attendance there in Lapway um and that is that's one thing that we could have even discussed because uh you know President Biden signing uh the legislation on Thursday June 17th uh making Juneteenth a federal holiday Mm -hmm. um so yeah just two days prior to the actual celebration uh that came into play and uh, we've been watching over like the last, I mean, of course, within the last year from, from the pandemic to now. Uh, and then, you know, for other people, maybe a couple years prior to that. Um, yet for a lot of people, you know, this is like a huge awakening. This is a huge, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Um, it was. I had to you explain know. it a lot, like everywhere I went. I yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, what, how, how are you feeling now or where are you at with, Juneteenth itself with you as a person, um, you know, both regarding the history of it and then now the history that's being made, or I guess was recently made. Um, Mixed yeah. feelings for sure. Um, Hells I think yeah, it's a step. Right? I think it's a step. I think, and those of you who don't know, the June, June 19th, 1865 was the day that slavery was abolished in Galveston, Texas. That was the last place that needed it to be. Um, basically abolished slaves were free years prior in other states um, even in Texas they were free six months prior before they were even uh, notified Um, it wasn't until the end of the Civil War that they came home and let the slaves know that they were free Um, so that's kind of just a quick breakdown of of Juneteenth and so Juneteenth is a holiday that's celebrated holiday amongst black culture and black Mm -hmm. people that we celebrated as our Independence Day um, just like the whites celebrate June 4th we as people of color um, black and brown people celebrate Juneteenth as our true Independence Day so with that and with that being said as um, with Biden being you know Biden taking that step and just actually nationally recognizing the recognizing it as a federal holiday I think like I said that's a step but there is still it it's not going to hush us it's not something that they can do to pacify us to not spotlight the issues that we really do have, the deeper issues. Yeah. You know, I think it's good that we um, have the holiday, but there's a lot more work that needs to be done because we are still not necessarily free, you know? Yeah. And so um, just in terms of rights, there's a lot more work that needs to be to be done. But like I said, I'm not going to discredit that it isn't, that it's a national holiday. I think, like I said, that's a really big step and I think yeah. it gets people's eyes wandering and open um even when i was going to the, from store to store to buy stuff for both events i had people well what's juneteenth or they'll say well what are you doing tonight or you know because i was buying all this stuff 
and um, I would let them know, hey, I'm having a Juneteenth celebration, and um, they would ask me what it is. And so I think just by, they just knew they had the day off the day before. And so I think by nationally recognizing it, it, it causes people to want to research, not necessarily research, but I think they will, you know, look into what the holiday is, which would get them even further into where it stems from, which gets them even further into what we had to endure and why we celebrate it now, you know, and the holiday basically just symbolizes where we've been as also where we're going and what we've been through and that we're still here and we're only on the road to more excellence, but it takes a collective to do that. So, um, so yeah, in a long roundabout answer, I think, no, not it's, at like all. I said, it's a, it's a good step, um, but let's keep fighting for more. And, you know, we, the things that we shouldn't have to be fighting it for is what we are fighting for. And there's a lot more work to be done. Um, but it's not, you know, that's, that's, that's the goal is to try to, you know, maintain our rights as, as a unit. Yes. Yeah. As a country. <clears throat> Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I know. And so you go. Yeah. Uh, mix feelings down, you know, yeah. just like through and through. Um, and the moment that I saw it on Twitter, that's actually where I saw it. Uh, I was like, Ugh. that was literally my first reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I was like, OK, so. Yeah, again, uh, Juneteenth itself, you know, it, it took additional years. I think it's like two additional years um, for the the Emancipation Proclamation and, and uh, that information to make its way over into Texas, you know. So people were still uh, held in, in enslavement uh, mm-hmm. for additional years uh, because the information wasn't making its way over and also was trapped for making its way over or uh what's the word disturbed you know uh because mm-hmm. uh the slave or the people who uh sorry i'm I'm only stuttering um because i'm working to change my language around slavery itself you know okay. um and again not saying uh you know slave owner because it's taking away the humanity of the person who was enslaved you know uh, mm-hmm. So a person who held others in free labor or, or forced, forced labor, you know, I, sorry, I, I, that's, excuse my stuttering. I'm working through this, you that's know, this okay. is, yeah. you know, no. healing. Um, moral is the, the information was kept from him. You know, that's what it gets down to. Uh, yeah. And so that's why it's just like, okay, so this was a delayed response. Basically it's a delayed response. And the final of the people who were enslaved being like, Oh, we're the last to know that we were freed prior to this. And now finally we all are quote unquote free because again, we, we know that that premise is very much flawed. Uh, and so then for fast forwarding for that, be the, for that to be the, the facts of, you know, why we look back to this thing, Juneteenth and its significance and why it has been celebrated over all these years. Uh, and then, you know, for it to just be like simplified to like, well, now this is going to be an official day that you get off work and you get paid for it. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, so now everybody just benefits off this thing. So so now we all um, are free to go home. And yeah, like if you have a job and it covers you with federal pay, like you'll get paid for it. Um, and I'm, I'm like, where in that is the recognition of the people? Where in that is 
uh, restitution where in that uh, is reparation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. So that was my first thing was just like, meh. Because the the first thing I thought of, or, or I guess the thing that immediately followed was just the bastardization of a lot of these holidays. And I know that's a weird statement, yet, I mean, most notably looking at like Cinco de Mayo, you know, yeah. and how like how American Cinco de Mayo has become. And it's our Cinco de Mayo and you do the things on Cinco de Mayo. Um mm. There's a backstory to Cinco de Mayo as well. Yeah. Um, shoot, I can't think of it right now, but it's not a day to celebrate. Basically, it's a very colonized way to celebrate. Um, well, I mean, from my understandings, and again, I'm no expert in nothing. Please let it be known here and now and officially in perpetuity <laughs> that I am nobody. Like, yes, I am. I am every woman, like Shaka Khan and Whitney yes. Houston said. And at the exact same time, I'm nobody. I'm no expert. I'm no everything, you know. Um, yeah. Yet, uh, yeah, I believe uh, like the um, people indigenous to the place were able to fight off the Spanish colonizers that were coming in. Uh, and, and that was the big victory, I believe. Um, so it's not that like it was the quote unquote Independence Day entirely, yet um, it's to commemorate a victory over over France. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Come on, correct me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, no, we got to get this right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so it wasn't, you know? it's not a Mexican Independence Day. Um, Cinco de Mayo marks the Mexican Army's victory over France at the Battle of Puebla during the Franco or Franco-Mexican War in 1862. Thank you. Thank you for the assist. But it's not like, I don't think they even necessarily, they don't celebrate it, I'm pretty sure. It's just. You know what I mean? And so now everything dead, is uh, red, white, and different. green. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, yeah. And, and, and that's uh, a more cultural practice. You know, that's, that's a literal cultural practice that is ingrained into, you know, the holiday that they celebrate or the passing of all of that time um, each mm -hmm. year, you know. Whereas like Cinco de Mayo in, in its American concept in 2021, you know, it's like. Let me make sure I have my margaritas and my Corona lights. Let me make sure I have, you know, these foods on deck, maybe this music on deck. You know, that's what I thought of immediately, uh, just walking through the stores and seeing things for Juneteenth. You know, everything's going to be red, black, and green, and everyone's going to be like, Juneteenth, these are these are the the Juneteenth candies. And I don't know. I, I just something I about it bothered me. You know, yeah, it just bothered me about that part because it's like obviously colonizers take everything and they try to make it their own, and that's what I don't want for this. But I feel like in a sense it won't necessarily be that either within the black and brown communities. I feel like it's they're gonna look stupid themselves yeah. if they try to colonize Juneteenth. I hope they don't, but that's not in our control, obviously. Yeah. Um, but with how much slavery is kind of pushed under the rug amongst white people, I don't really see them acknowledging it either. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. I guess we'll find out next year. But... Which is my example of from our last episode with slave movies and how somebody was like, we need slave movies so that people know and so that these things, and I'm like, people, really, girl? Like, are you watching it? Are you and all your white friends and all your white homies and all your white this and that watching it and really getting these messages? No, you're you know, not. I got a text. Someone texted me. They, they're like, hey, I just listened to your episode. Ooh. And they were like, um, I was watching how Stella got her groove back with my white friend. And the first uh -huh. thing she said was, there's no white people in this. And he was just like, exactly. Uh, He's like, why do you think you think we just have to sit back and watch our traumas uh, all the time in movies and in television? No, you, you. this is black excellence and this is what we're watching. And I was like, 
Yes. Come on. <laughs> that will get together. He went on and on just saying how much he loved the episode. And I was just, I felt good. Oh, so, I live. Also, very traumatic. Because, yes, Stella, everything. And then also, Whoopi. I'm just like. Yes. Uh, I got you chilled shed a arm. tear a little bit. Know. You know what I mean? How do you not love Whoopi in that movie? How do you not she love Whoopi in many Anything. a movie you know <laughs> we can go on actually we probably just need to have a Whoopi goldberg uh, appreciation episode yes. at some point all just... the way down to silly oh <laughs> or no, is, that, is, that a, is that the name that she, she said in the color purple yes you sure is ugly oh my gosh do not get me started <laughs> on the color purple absolutely one of my favorite books Let's and one focus. of my favorite movies we get very distracted yeah tell me why as a kid i would literally put on color purple for fun like not oh, the most abusive poor fun to this day sometimes i will put on color purple for fun and it is not a fun movie by any means no. uh yet the richness in it is what i love and of course just Seely coming out on top mm-hmm. overall Yes. Uh, anyway, we're anyway so yeah, that so that's that's <laughs> basically where I where where I initially went. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, so all these people are gonna get this day off. They're gonna get paid for. It, they're not gonna care about it. And then there's gonna be all these products. And then the streets are gonna be flooded every year because it's like, oh, girl, I got Juneteenth off. I got this three day weekend. Now let's travel to this place. Be sure to hitch up the boat. Get these things. You know, and yes, I'm like, yes, and that's like. That's why I, I was that like, man. angers me, honestly, just the thought of it, because I can already see people out in Hell's Gate doing their thing, loading up. And who are the people boats, with the boats? Drinking, you know, because they're not my relatives. Like, exactly. That's exactly. what. That's the thing that's about what it. I'm saying, bro, like, I don't know how you want to think about it, but yeah. <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean there, to get worked up. You know, up. <laughs> it's gonna get get there. You yeah. know, you know, yeah. that's where it's gonna be go, or gonna be headed, but. So we got I, each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, always. As a community, like we're gonna be, we're gonna be fine. And but I appreciate you time, being helpful. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to kind of mention at Juneteenth. And I had this whole like slideshow, but I did not put it together that you cannot see a slideshow in the daytime. So that was a fail. <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk about York because a lot of yes. people don't know about York, especially within the LCV. Um, and he was a very, 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 very prominent man. Everybody obviously knows about Lewis and Clark. We have a Lewis and a Clark and a Clarkson. We don't got a Yorkston or a Yorktown, right. which we should. But, I'm saying um, thank you. So I thank just kind of want to break it down so people understand, like, hey, because like, they can't sit here and say, well, there was no black people in our town. There was no, you mm-hmm. know, because there was there is plenty. They're just not spoken of. But York in particular, he was a slave to Clark. So he was born into slavery within his family. And so York's parents... Um, was actually worked under William Clark's father, or served William Clark's father. Um, so Old York and Rose was the parents of York's, as we know, its par- um, parents, um, who served the Clark family in their pl- plantation in Caroline County, Caroline County, Virginia. And so Clark or York eventually became a slave to Clark. And in many respects, he was crucial to the Lewis and Clark expedition's success. And so he saved the court from being killed, obviously, because there's a lot of tribes that were blown away with a black man just being in that community and in that space where they've never seen a black man before. And so they um, they thought his skin was paint and tried to wipe off the paint. But obviously it was his skin tone. And so to many Plains tribes or Northern Plains tribes, York was kind of seen as a strong warrior. So in a lot of tribes, they painted themselves black 
because of that. Um, and he was also accepted by a lot of indigenous communities and bared many children amongst the Nimipu tribe and I'm sure other tribes as well. But um, after York's return to civilization in 1806, he wanted his freedom, but initially Clark was opposed to the idea, hated the idea, but reluctantly gave it to him probably like I think years down the line. Um, but yeah, so he was a prominent person and very smart, strong um, kind of backbone of the Lewis Clark expedition. So there's a little piece of history for you guys. <laughs> yes, so enough. Uh, and I think they meant to say when he left civilization and made his way back east. Uh, oh, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> that uh, did sound however, good. that whole expedition wouldn't be a thing without us. Uh, and if you don't know what I mean by that, uh, you can Google. Uh, Lewis and Clark and Nimipu and Ernest Purse and probably get a sort of tell about how they discovered us when really um, the basic fact is that we saved their life. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because you don't, I mean, people can easily say, well, there's no black people here. There's no black history here. Why are we celebrating this? Why are you, you know, because first of all, it's right. But second of all, um, there very were prominent black people within this this somewhat of a community that's just not spotlighted or spoken about yeah obviously. and yes it, and it's not spotlighted yet it is i guess spoken about in the fact that uh we have words in the language mm -hmm. uh and so that you know that's proof of existence in that sense you know like you don't have a word for something that doesn't exist uh and so i guess as our nest purse word of the day i wonder what your thoughts are uh, around the word tzitzamach. Um, you know, that's and... so crazy you brought that up because I was thinking about bringing that up today, but I forgot. But yeah, I was thinking about Look at us, grand alignment. Yeah. See, we got each other's backs. A lot of people don't know the word for a black person is tzitzamach. But yeah, one, yeah well, actually, I... one of my had a family member come in and he was like, someone called me a chamuk but i don't know what it means but it sounds terrible mm. and i'm like well it depends how you know obviously how it was said but it most likely was <laughs> not in the best terms but <laughs> but um but that's what i kind of associated it with and i was just like so what are my thoughts on it is that what you're yeah saying? i mean here i i can i can give you a a, a dictionary breakdown well, for you and all people if you want that or just if you want to yeah. hop in no definitely do that okay boom our, nay, whatever. We <laughs> got to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then. You better call him by name. Uh, <laughs> Aoki's uh, who helped uh, helped us to assemble our Nespers dictionary. So yeah, on Nespers, uh, on the twentieth page of the Nespers dictionary, that's actually where we encounter the word tzitzamach for the first time. Uh, and it means black one, and it shows the example of, or it says, as an example, a horse, and that it comes from the adjective of tzamuk. Uh, and so if you go to page five of the dictionary, that's where you find tzamuk. Uh, and tzamuk is an adjective that means black, and it can also be related to the word tzamuk. Um, and so you'll find uh, tzamuk, tzamuk, which means black. Uh, and so here in the dictionary, it says tzamuk. Uh, as black people um, and then also the word uh, a black one or a black person and so like there's an example here uh, 
uh, someone who looks like a black man is coming. Uh, so there's a concept of blackness uh, within the language. And then finally, as I mentioned, uh, Tzamok also relates to possibly Tzamuk, which is to be black. Now, more most of the examples in the dictionary um, talk about like uh, a name like black head. So Husus uh, Tzamuk or turning black or shoe polish or turning black by fire or by smoke. Um, yeah, at the exact same time, uh, it can go to being a person. Uh, so literally, to be black person, uh, a blackened person. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's basically, I grew up learning uh, as, mm-hmm. you know, in, in regards to talking about a black person. And now we know that the color tzimuch tzimuch is what we're taught as black. Uh, and so, I don't know, it's, it's kind of strange hopping between the roots of the word and how it's used. Uh, because I don't know, even with uh, my introductions, in when a kissa Kellen Lewis, in wasni mipuka tzitzamachtitokan, you know, like mm-hmm. I am I'm Kellen Lewis, my name's Kellen Lewis, I, I am of the Nest Purse and a black person, you know? Um, and, I never and, thought to put them together like that, though. Do you know what I mean? I don't know uh, why, because I grew up with that word too. That's how I've known it. Like, yeah, I'm Tsutsumok and I'm, and I'm, um, Nimipu, obviously, but I never, I don't know. I never really thought to, to say it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I have in some, and then I haven't in others. Um, because again, now that you, so circling back, um, so like Chamukli or Chamuk, I know that's like from, uh, another area. Uh, mm-hmm. so like my, my family over Nikyawewe, uh, Pendleton Way in the Northeast of Oregon, uh, that's how they say, uh, black or a black person, Chamukli, yeah. um, and then shorthand Chamuk, you know, mm-hmm. um, and over on our res and Lapway, people will say Tzitzamach, you know, mm-hmm. um, as like a black person. And so I guess I don't know how to feel. Uh, and that's why I, I, I wanted to ask you because yeah, in some, in some instances there's, it's like, Oh, this is just a cultural word, you know, yeah. uh, is just a cultural word yet at the exact same time. Sometimes it has this taboo of like, mm, I don't want to say black person. So I'm going to say Tzitzamach, you know, like, and there was a guy. See, I've never heard anybody else say it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I do never. all the time. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't really know how to feel it because ah. I've only been, I've only heard, like, my, even my dad knows that word, too, because I okay. think my mom probably broke it down to her. He's like, you always see, you know, you're a proud to be, it's almost like he knows the whole thing. <laughs> but, like, I've never heard it from anybody else. So I guess I just wow. never thought to say it or use it in introduction or... I guess Got just it. use it in general because, I mean, I feel like it's I'm more it's obvious more that I'm black than I do. Like I look more black to natives than I do native. You know? Yeah. So I never thought to really announce it or really felt the need to use it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. How I do just... you feel about it? Because I feel like you've been you've used it obviously. Yeah. Quite a bit. And you've heard other people say it, of course. So what are your th- what are your thoughts on it? Even given the de- the the um, the definition. Yeah, I mean, definition always helps me. So I always go to my dic- dictionary for a lot of that stuff. 
um, yeah, I guess just finishing what I was basically starting to say was that like how sometimes it can feel weird because, you know, it's like, yes, it, this is the word, uh, yet then it kind of gets coded as like, or it can get used sometimes in a way where it's like, oh, I'm afraid to actually say black people or black person. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to defer and say the the indigenous language word, you know, and we use the same, I, you know, I, I find myself guilty of doing the same thing with like whiteness and white people, you know, you throw the word in there uh, and I'm not going to throw it here because I'm not trying to teach the world. Uh, however, <laughs> uh, you know, and then I'll just stop and I'll be like, no, like it's a white person. Oh, this person was white. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's strange because uh, sometimes we'll use the language to kind of get around these things. And so then I don't know how to feel about it. You know, like when somebody says Chamuk or like, you know, they're Chamukli, uh, they're Tsitsamuk, you know, like I, one part of me is like, okay, I get it. You're identifying them and, and or them, you know, you're identifying people um, with melanated skin in this way, you know, because that's the accessing your language. Uh, and then at the exact same time, I have to wonder, like, what, how much of that is, like, coded in, ooh, I don't want to say this thing, or, like, ooh, let's work around it by using another word, yeah. you know? Um, See, I never thought about it that way. See, I would think the opposite for me, just because I get so tired of people saying, oh, did you see that black girl over there? Or, like, I, like why, why do you need to mention that she's black? Why can't you just say, oh, I seen that girl over there and she was doing this or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like even the same with white people. It's like they always have to emphasize the word black when it comes to telling a story or saying anything. And so I feel like with me, if I had heard, and, like, I haven't been around it like you have, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I definitely understand where you're coming from. I think in some in instances, it just depends who you're around, you know? And I think if I was around a maybe more of a, like a native setting and someone did say to someone, like, I would feel more comfortable with that because I won't feel so outcasted when they kind of emphasize the word black so hard, you know? Even if he said African-American, yeah. that might even make me feel less awkward. But just by saying English, it kind of centers me in the room because everyone understands that word, as opposed to if it was just a group of tribal people or mm. if we're in a room full of a lot of people, but it's just tribal people talking, I would feel more comfortable than, with them using my own language that way. I don't feel like the spotlight in the entire room, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, but I definitely, definitely understand where you're coming from as well because I haven't had that experience. You know, I can only stay yeah. from the experience of someone always bringing up the color of some, someone's skin within their story or their narrative or whatever, um, I all, that always used to irritate me. Is yeah. like, why do you have to put race on a person when it has nothing to do with what you're about to say? But mm, yep. So yeah, I guess it, I guess it just kind of depends on okay. who you're around, you know? Yeah, For yeah. Sure. I, but I get where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. I definitely no. get where you're coming from. I haven't had that experience, and I'm sure if I did. Um, as often as you have, then yeah, I would probably feel the same way. But um, what would you prefer for them to? to well, see, that's the thing is, I, I don't know that there is a preference, you know, and I also don't okay. know that there's necessarily a, a badness in the words tzamach or chamakli, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, it was like uh, the concept that was done uh, or that was created, and that's how people communicated. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I don't know necessarily. I don't necessarily think it's a problem by any means. Uh, I guess I just thought back too about how when we were starting uh, this whole journey, 
um, and then being like, as long as there's no tamuk tamuk this, you know, like uh, just like even kind of like thinking about that, like how we don't want to like oversimplify ourselves being like we're black and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and so it, that word itself, tzitzamach, I just, I, I don't exactly know how to feel about it because, again, for me in my introductions, I want to say, in was um, then I just say, I'm black, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Because I, 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 again, I don't like to choose between um, my native identity or my black identity. And so mm-hmm. in doing so, I make sure to state both. Um, and so then it gets strange when I'm in my uh, in my introduction, and I'm like, "Oh, is this word a good word to use, or does it have derogatory undertones?" And I'm just using it because it's the only thing that's available to me, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I don't know. Uh, and so that's why I was just kind of curious. Um, huh? I never thought about because I've never made it like obviously as you know, Nini Poo people, we do our introductions in our language and say where we're from and who our family is. Like, that's just natural. But I never thought to... And I've always wanted to touch... I'm like, I'm there. I'm obviously speaking Nini Poo Tim. And... But how do I spotlight my black side as well? You yeah. know? And do I say that in Nini yeah. Poo Or do I just say that in English? Or, you know, I never really understood how to how to embrace both. Yeah, so some of my introductions, it's in wasni mipu ka tsetsamakhtetokun. So like, I am of the people, I am Nes Purse, and I am black person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what it literally translates to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I see it in the dictionary, you know? Uh, they don't, they don't it, it's not, tsetsamakh itself is just like a black in or black, and it can be a black person, yet yeah, uh, a lot of times they put... Uh, so the token mm-hmm. being the person, uh, yeah. uh, a blackened person or a black person. Uh, yeah. So yeah, again, I, I, I don't I don't know the answer yet. I go back and forth uh, because I always want to acknowledge both of my sides. Uh, sure. it's, that, it's, it's that checkbox that we've talked about when you have to do a survey and you can only check one. It's it's an aggression mm-hmm. that you have to deal with. You're like, no, I have to deny half of myself, you know. Exactly. Uh, and so yeah, just even with this word. What did you always word, check when you did your boxes? It depends. Uh, native for major things, and if it's on <laughs> res, too. then I do black. Yeah. Me too. I, I go I where my vote counts. <laughs> yeah, I did that as a kid to where I'm like, but I'm both. It would always like confuse me because I'm like. I'm both of these things. Yep. I'm not just one of these things. And yep. I think I thought about it. Well, technically, I came from my mom. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but then as I got older, I was like, if it says, please select one, I'd select two anyway. So for the most part, I would always, like when I was older, like, yeah, yeah I would always yeah. check box both. I'm like, I'll let y'all sort that out. But right. I always checked primarily native because then I also knew there was less of us being yes. counted. So that's yes. why I'm like, well... I, if I had to choose, I guess I would choose this. But although that sounds bad too, I don't know. Right? <laughs> you know, you, Doesn't I it? I hate those identity issues. Well, it's the fact thankfully, that it's like it's yeah, like a poker changed. chip. Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, that's changed. But whew, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, but it's crazy you... after breaking down like the whole York situation too. It's like mm-hmm. our native people looked up to black people. Like they literally 
wanted their wives to breed with York because they thought he was this powerful man. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to giggle. It's like we were respected, you know, as black people. Um, But I know there's some some more lost in the sauce (laughs) between then and now. Like, I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot more to that, I guess. I mean, the world is shifting. Now we're just stuck like, okay, what do we identify as? What do we do? But I don't know. But yeah, anyway. um, (laughs) Well, thank you for that. (laughs) So I feel like it's not necessarily a bad thing. I guess that's where I was coming from when it, you know, when it comes to our language, because in order for us to even establish that as a word, we had to see one. And then the first onsite was a positive, you know, identification. So it's not necessarily anything negative, I think. But then, I mean, I don't know. I never liked black either because it's like we are not black, black. That's a whole, yep, thank you. So. I'm like, we can dive into that, however not. I feel like that's every episode. We can say something and it's like, we might even have to cut this out because this is getting too long. But like, it's like there's always a deeper, multiple episodes off of one word or one topic or one idea. And it's like, we don't got time. I think we've heard that in every episode, but that's another episode or we don't got time for that. Well, cause yeah, even black itself, I, I'm, I'm choosing to use black right now. Yeah. It wasn't black before it was African-American before, you know, and Mm -hmm. and it's a whole process. Uh, So yeah, it really is a completely different conversation. African-American. Don't call me a black. Like, call me African-American. Go off. That's it. But, like, if you're black, like, it gets awkward when you say African-American to another black person. Like, yeah, that's the only thing I'm just like, that's when I feel awkward. Or somebody who was, I guess, raised by white people or raised in a predominantly white community, I've noticed they'll say African-American. I'm like, you black. Like, we're both black. But, like, when it comes to white people, it's like, uh-uh. You ain't call me black. You call yeah. me African-American. I can see that. <laughs> yes. Come on. Well, you know, it's not our job to know everything, and no, uh, and especially working through uh, anti-racism and activism, and what is what is there to say, and what else can we do? Uh, you know, that that's a lot to jump into, and luckily mm-hmm. we have some amazing warriors who are yes. out there really diving into that work. Because again, I'm going to reiterate that you know I'm just an artist girl. I'm just out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving you artsy vibes my truth yeah. thank you you know you know like in trolls there's like that like zen yoga troll who yeah, like wants yeah. to speak about peace and love yeah yep. i feel like well besides him being like a backstabber and a traitor uh spoiler <laughs> alert my bad uh, <laughs> the 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 initial part uh, is very much my approach and so it's always awesome to have uh those warriors out there uh like poppy i guess if we're gonna stick to the trolls analogy uh, who will venture out and say the right things and, and uh, or not even say the right things yet, just probe with uh, very great questions and mm-hmm. do the work with other communities. Um, and that's it's, uh, it's our guest that we will be getting into. Yes, we have a powerhouse tapping in and yes. we're very, very, very excited to have her. Yeah, so thank you so much for, for the week. Uh, check in. And that was for, a very long. I think this one's our longest know, week check in. So. Yeah. Ooh, girl. <laughs> we, we needed the full rinse, clearly. We did. Uh, we did. We did. We did. <laughs> well, dope. I appreciate you and I will join you alongside Ty. Okay. Let's do it. Let we, us do it. Thank you for starting us off, Michaela, because here we are. <laughs> I gotta say something. Our, Just you know. <laughs> 
and you're the best at it bringing us in we have our this is now our second guest here on quantum theory podcast look at us yes oh my gosh well alongside our joyous and laughing voices you'll hear another amazing and just heartfelt laugh coming through and that's miss ty simpson uh can we get one more giggle Nay, I'm joking. Uh, I mean, I can't giggle on the fly. <laughs> I know. Like, exactly. Why would you put her in that Simon <laughs> says, be, be funny. Jokes. <laughs> see, I had to you set myself see up. That, that episode yeah. of Martin when he's like, somebody was like, say something funny. He goes, something funny. And like, everybody just starts cracking up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yes, yes. Well, for anyone and for all people to know, uh, you'll get the audiobook right here and right now. Ty Simpson. Uh, is the storyteller uh, in the indigenous language of the Nimipu nation, uh, Uh She lives and works in Boise, Idaho. Uh, Ty is beyond incredible uh, with everything that she does. Yeah, and so everything. it's funny, it's funny even trying to construct any type of introduction for you. Um, especially from each and every one that you have pieced over everywhere because you are just so illustrious in all your ways. Um, and I really enjoy, you know, just a little quick hair flip. It's like my bestie says, she does tricks. <laughs> hey. I love it. Um, oh, is this the bestie Dalton who, mm. oh my gosh, absolutely amazing. Got to meet that spirit this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. All uh, laughter and joy for sure. <laughs> my world is better because of them for sure. I live. Well, alongside Dalton, uh, Ty is working at the Idaho Coalition Against Sexual and Domestic Violence. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to know anything about Ty, hit the good girl Google up because it will let you know everything uh, more importantly, Ty believes in indigenous, quote, old ways, end quote, um, as they are the principles in which many communities build their social and political narratives. And as an anti-racism activism and community leader, she uses contemporary and traditional indigenous storytelling to depict the lens of, quote, old ways, end quote, and how it is used to protect the sacred, build strength in the community, and keep nature in balance. Now, again, as I mentioned, the good girl Google will bring you over to tysimpson.com, where the first thing that you're really going to learn is and, you know, it's not even right for me to say you know, her name is the storyteller and, uh, Ty is a direct descendant of Chief Red Heart of the Nez Perce tribe. And when I say tireless, it's tireless. Advocate for social justice. One of my favorite phrases from one of the things you said was just talking about how the work, how there's not enough money to support all the work and the labor that it takes and that you're tired. (laughs) Because yes, uh, your academic background, starting off in political philosophy and public law at Boise State University, led you into this work and just it's so awesome to see your conviction shine through in all of its ways and especially way that you advocate um for the many issues and for the communities that are affected and marginalized um by race and you know we come into encounters of missing and murdered indigenous women and people 
um, the intersections of oppression that we face here in the US and going through everything that we see in Google. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep mentioning Google. And I know it's a very ableist thing to say, be like, oh, just go get Google. Yet, no, do it because there's so much within Thai that how do you encapsulate it within an episode of quantum theory or within a 60 to now 400 second introduction uh, <laughs> that's how you know you made it when you're like google me you, <laughs> like, you don't gotta say nothing oh you just go to my website just exactly <laughs> and and for for everyone else who likes to listen and learn you know there's her ted talk that you can see on youtube there's a plenty of other uh webinars and conventions and keynotes that have been um all surrounding her work and everything that she has to say and speaking of what Ty has to say, let me close my mouth and allow our storyteller to introduce herself in her very own way. I'm so happy to be with you all. Um, I just knew like coming into the space was gonna be joyous for me. It was gonna be laughter for me. So, and I was just writing some really hard emails before <laughs> I jumped on with y'all. Like, you know, every like you do the angry cat email, like that's oh, yeah. <laughs> like- the Nails just doing? clicking. <laughs> just big mad, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I then I grabbed my chicken and jumped on here with y'all. No, because you gotta revitalize. <laughs> and I grabbed a piece of my, my piece. Yeah. I grabbed a piece of my piece, yeah. <laughs> Chicken uh, fixes everything if it's, it's the right way. It sure <laughs> does. Fried chicken is the truth. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. Like you. You captured some of the high points. I think. Um. I'm a member of the Nimipu community. I'm a citizen of our nation. I identify as Black. I'm also very yes. proud of that magic. Um, I'm proud of my descendancy from NAACP activists and scholars and businessmen. Um. I'm very proud of my mom. I am a little sister to James Simpson, for those of y'all who know James. Uh, and I'm very proud of that and um, who he is as a man and as a dad and as an uncle and as a brother. So I am very fortunate to be blessed with a powerful, truly magical, truly love-filled family. And yes. I think it's just so unique to indigenous communities that we have this kind of big limitless love. and. Uh, I want the world to know that I'm held up by that love. I don't do this work alone. I'm loved into existence. I'm prayed into existence and I'm loved through this work and I'm prayed for through this work, which, which I feel day in and day out. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And really I mentioned a lot of that work and how people can tap into it because there is such a depth in there. And especially in approaching this conversation, um, you know, you want to get the tie out of it, you know, because tie can drop knowledge, tie drops sound bites, tie opens up awakenings as you listen to the messages and stories that she creates. And um, it's just a huge, uh, I guess, push for people to go out and search for everything that you have said in all these many ways, um, because it's out there, you know. And that's why I was like, geez, how do I, how do I explain all this? How do we really get into it? Give um, me a Google. Give me you a Google. Know, <laughs> exactly. Like go and flip through these pages for yourself. Go and watch these videos and go and listen, because there is so much out there that you have already said and it's beautiful. And I thank you for it. Mm, thank you for that. Uh, it is, it is tireless work. I'm always tired. Uh, there was always something 
to do. I think that um, it's worth noting that there's a spiritual um, guide who works in proximity to the Idaho Coalition by the name of Norma Wong. And Norma's wisdom that she gives to the world is that we are writing a story with our lives. And so my big hope as the storyteller is that the life that I'm living has a strong impact on our descendants and uh, that I'm honored and worthy of their altar, right? And that the work that I'm doing and the life that I'm living honors my ancestors, right? So I guess that's probably why there's just a loud echo of Ty Simpson on the internet because I talk all the time. I talk a lot, there's a lot to say, but I hope that the things that I'm saying are said in a good way from a place of love to really encourage folks to dream big and think big and know that we are capable of so much more than what we trap ourselves into. You know, the media tells us one thing, social media has us out here acting the fool, you know. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> yes. and then, I mean, some more than others. So <laughs> not pointing no fingers. <laughs> Just don't tag me. Don't hey. tag me. Don't at me. Don't at me. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, and like there's on top of like 400 years of settler colonialism where we're told and assimilated and taught to be a certain thing, right? We're that that whole thing, that whole thing, that whole thing can we throw the whole settler colonialism out, right? (laughs) Throw it all the way out. Yes. Oh my gosh. So with storytelling, obviously there's some that may not agree with some of the things that are being said, but obviously they don't live or haven't lived the experiences that you may have lived or, you know, your loved ones have lived. So what are some of the ways you kind of deal with that? Cause I know some elders have very strong opinions that might be conflicting with other elders or other members of the community. So how do you kind of deal with that backlash knowing, um, or if you even have backlash or and that might be a really strong word as well, but um, how do you kind of deal with some of those indifferences through storytelling? No, I think there is backlash. And I think that is an appropriate word to use. Okay. I ran for Neptic and lost. That was backlash, right? That was <laughs> a very <laughs> decided backlash against uh, who I am in our community and who I am as a Black and Nimipu person in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, it was backlash against my stance on, you know, racism and anti-oppression work. It's backlash against um, this work I'm trying to do around decolonization, right? We have a strong community and also we are afflicted with Christianity and that plays an impact Ooh. on our socio-political dynamic. Um, that, plays a, that plays a huge role in the um, tensions between our elders in community. And we also have this thing in community we really are going to address. So I'm going to say it right here. Oh, right, there's right no now. filters on <laughs> no this show. Filters. No sugar yeah, Everyone quiet oh down. Let her say it. Me. <laughs> I have big, big, humongous love for all of our elders. Yes. Elders and old people are not the same thing. And no. also some of our elders need healing in a huge, huge way, Ooh. right? Like yes. the way they move through the world, through their trauma, through whatever adverse experiences they've had in their life, they take it out on our babies. I've watched it happen. I see it happen. And we really got some work to do as community. So what do we, what, what can we build to nurture that kind of healing in our elders so that there isn't this divisiveness? There isn't this like opposition of, oh, well, she's black. She don't know. Well, you know, she's not Nimipu enough because she's black. And yet Nimipu who are half white and half Nimipu can just traipse along in our community without mm. any backlash. So we need to have a conversation about anti-blackness too. So exactly. just any, any 
a couple of things in there. Um, I've always always raised to honor and revere my elders without exception. And I think that in this process of decolonization and in my own life experiences, I'm learning that yes, elders are worthy of reverence and worthy of that honor, but they've also given as much as they are receiving, right? Like these are the Mm. elders who always pour love into community. They always show up at community events. They always have wisdom and advice and love to share versus some old folks in our community who really just want to cuss and moan and yell on Facebook. You Mm -hmm. know, and I'm an elder. You say so, but I've never seen you show up and serve community in the way that I was taught to see you. Right. So we've got, we've got a lot of, um, we've got some redefining of what elder means in our community now. Right. Um, And uh, I work in anti-violence, so my lens is also around abuse and trauma and harm. So what sort of harm is being perpetuated when we just operate under the assumption we have to honor these elders in our community without taking into consideration that maybe there's trauma there, maybe there was violence there, maybe there was um, something very painful and tense that took place between a young person and this elder. We have to be able to honor and hold that experience as much as just default reverence without questioning. They don't have authority, right? They're elders and we love them, but they're not in positions of authority. And I think that we've conflated that ideology when it comes to having conversations and relationships with our elders. I'm fortunate in my family that I've got a bunch of baddies for grandmas, right? Like they really, <laughs> they really yes. tell stories, yes. they cook, they dance, they do, they pour the hottest sweat, like they make the best salmon. Like I'm really <laughs> thankful that I've had these grams in my life that anytime I was faced with animosity from another elder and not from my family. I had other elders within my family that were like, oh no, you know, you're okay. We trust you. We respect the decisions you're making. We respect your young leadership and your enthusiasm. And then the grandmas always spill the tea, right? Oh, well, she don't know. Anytime a grandma starts to say, <laughs> yes, she don't yes, know. I'm yes. excited. <laughs> I'm when the grandmas get involved, oh, it's about to go down. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> and Boy. meanwhile, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So great. Yo, have you guys, have you seen those videos of like where the elders convene because somebody brought like a type of potato salad or something? With those the grandmas? Yeah, no, it was no, like no, embracing shrimp. black culture or something. It was shrimp in potato yeah, salad. Like, yeah, oh, they were like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, and it was Such like the convening concerns. of the elders. Uh, 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 <laughs> and they were just like whispering uh, to each other. Like, that's a yeah. sin. See, did you see what she did? Did like, you see that's, what she brought? That's, that's, why, that's why she doesn't, she's not in charge of that. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> oh well, it, it can't go on the table. We, we, it can't go. So. What are we going to do with it? Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. I'm just um, somebody better grandma. accidentally drop that potato salad exactly. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just envisioning my grandma and what she would say. <laughs> my grandma was so loud and rowdy, though. Like, she would just call, like, who brought this? Like, yes. just real loud. Ah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And if not her, then one of my older aunties, too, they would have done or said something. But I've got one of the aunties who makes the best potato salad. Okay. So I know our family gatherings always have really great potato salad <laughs> yes. yep always that one auntie i can i can name the auntie who makes a potato salad in my family too mm-hmm. so. everyone's designated with something like <laughs> one aunt makes the mac and cheese one aunt makes the, uh, the potato salad one makes the fry bread one makes one, the like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right. yep my mom is the auntie that makes the fry bread and the pasta oh. my mom is a soup maker too i haven't so. had that in a Go minute on. right 
Oh, you have mom's fry bread and the cease? Oh. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I know. Jealous. Just smelling like a hearty meal. Look at you. <laughs> well, I got the house just. Why am I sweating? <laughs> That's what I need. A I man who comes full. out of the house smelling like pacham cease and fry bread. That's when you know you got a, a good keeper. Yeah. Just real sacred. So I'm telling you, old ways. We have to. Yeah, use exactly. That's how you know. You're trying to smell like Axe body spray and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> right. No, I want him to smell Axe like body spray and hot Cheetos. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yep. Oh, it's too good. I don't want you to smell like you're fresh from sweat. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, ready to serve. Oh my gosh. Well, I wonder, going back just a step, uh, how you grew up and how you grew up around community, especially, you know, for us, we we track a lot of our Nest Purse identity back to the town of Lapway, back to the Nest Purse Reservation, mm-hmm. um, and just more in generally to our Nest Purse homelands. Uh, and so, yeah, just that part of, of you, you know, I, I know that you mentioned about spending summers back home and, and that's how you learned a lot, which was it's very similar to me. You know, I, I grew up in Seattle and that's where I went to school and many weekends throughout the year. And then especially the three months in the summer, I was sent to Lapway to live and to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm curious how how you came up and, and you know, how were your identities and all the bits of tie introduced to the world yeah oh, that's such a deep question and I love you it you know we gotta dig oh my, <laughs> how am I storied to the <laughs> uh you know so um let's take it way back to when my mom was a baddie going to school at University of Idaho yes, uh, my yeah <laughs> yes he, um she was really shy back th- back then from what I hear and but she had a she had a a few a few young chiefs trying to get her attention and somehow my dad <laughs> caught right. her attention and fast forward dad ended up working for Caterpillar and that took us to various places across the country dad is very ambitious and goal-oriented so we went from you know Boise to Peoria to Boise, to Chicago, and then ended up in Singapore. And Singapore is wow. really where I kind of grew into adulthood. Like I, I understand and view the world very, very much from an international lens because I grew up in a country that was predominantly Muslim, um, that was very, very worldly and very diverse. Several mm-hmm. languages were spoken. I had the opportunity to travel quite a bit after having lived in Singapore. Um, like once you're in Singapore, it becomes like the like the Seattle of the region, right? You just pop down to Portland, you pop over to Boise, you pop up to Alaska, like it becomes like a little regional hub. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was like. So uh, when we could make it home, it was always mom trying to bring us home for the holidays, home for like name givings and things. That was back when families still had like huge family monthly gatherings for birthdays. Um, I only see a handful of families do that anymore and it makes me miss my younger days, but we would come home for Christmas. We would try to come home for Christmas. It's really expensive to make that hu- that whole halfway around the planet trip um, multiple times a year. But um, the summers, the summers are always something I remembered because there were just so many kids around, like all 800 of my cousins, right? Like we all yeah. just hung out. We'd go camping. There was, um, there was one year where um, I went to a powwow almost every weekend the whole summer and wow. I loved it oh it was so nice like and that was when my 
when my katsat was still alive. So she wanted to go, she'd get off work at like seven in the morning. Um, cause she was working at St. Joe's and then, uh, she'd pack us all up and then somebody would have to drive because she just got off work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 I remember going to Usk and OMAC and going over to Montana, going to Browning. I remember going down to Fort Duchesne and it was during all of those times where she would share stories with me. She would tell me who I am. She would, um, tell me stories about my aunts and uncles. And I recall, like, now that I'm older, I don't really remember Katza telling me stories about her. It was about everybody else around her except her. Okay. And it wasn't until she took her journey that um, I realized, like, how loved she was and how influential in the community she was and how bossy she was. <laughs> 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 Got one of those bossy grams in it. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. just afraid of her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have um, there's somebody in community a while back, a few years ago in Buffalo country. He's like, yeah, I remember, you know, going sweat and um, we were just taking our time. We didn't know that the women had shown up. And then I walk out to my truck and your cots out there standing there with a switch, getting ready to whoop me for taking too long. At sweat. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 really the best story about my grandma I've ever heard. And it's like at that time he was grown and she was still about to whip him for taking too long at sweat. Jeez. Best story ever. <laughs> over there just additional yep. rounds huh yep. yeah, like, <laughs> trying to get extra the rocks still better be hot you know how oh my gosh i had no idea about singapore that's so crazy yeah wow so how much how much of your time were you over there um i would say we were there i was there with my dad for just under six years wow yeah wow i've been to singapore one time it was amazing. I loved how clean it was. Uh, it was super strict and they have a crazy sense of identity and, and culture, even though there's a big melting pot because it is that byway for a lot of different countries, mm-hmm. uh, as you were mentioning. And so I wonder that that stands out a lot now, learning that you spent six years. And so I wonder what your sense of self was like within that sphere of people. Mm-hmm. Um, because of course you stood out in your own way in that, in that sense. Um, and oh. then also how that applies to, to who you are here, you know, that's actually interesting. You say like, I stood out in Singapore. I didn't stand out at all. I look like on. I, I, no, you got to poke holes in the question. <laughs> <laughs> so check this out. Check this out. Yes. So Singapore is the dead center of Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines, South Asia, um, New Zealand. New Zealand's a ways, but not too far away. Still, right? yeah, That's New Zealand all, and Australia, they all go up there. All in the their vacation spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's all... <laughs> Those are all brown people, any variations of brown people. You know who did stick out were the white kids. The yeah. white kids stuck out because they were uncomfortable. They were white, white, and this backdrop of brown folks. Um, they didn't ever venture or want to learn how to speak the languages my friends did. Like I had those one or two like worldly kids learning mm-hmm. how to speak Mandarin and things like that. But one, it I always felt comfortable just rolling through hawker stalls in the middle of the night I knew I was safe like um rolling through the pool hall in the middle of the night with all the brown folks like I didn't realize I was in the middle of gang activity like I was super (laughs) but like still I was like I'm brown I get along like it was so funny and um it wasn't until I got back to the states where I was finally 
like I was re-racialized. Like I was racialized as a got child, re-racialized it. when I got back to the States. But there was also that strange race dynamic. I did go to the American school in Singapore, Singapore American school. Like at the time when we were there, it's like the third, second or third best international school in the world. It's modeled after a British education system. It's private. It's fancy and walled in. It was miserable. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I didn't realize miserable looking back at it at the time. I was like, oh, this is just high school. This is normal for everybody. And then I come yeah. back to Lapway and talk to my cousins about what they were going through in school. Like, what do you mean you have to fundraise to travel for sports? What do you mean they're not just going to fly you to Japan to play soccer? Yes. What do you mean you're not going to go down to Australia for soccer camp? Like, like that's not a thing. And it, so it really, I got made fun of, I got joked on, I got roasted because I was living in this real privileged uppity kind of world that my cousins didn't understand. I was as much a foreigner to them as would a Singaporean be foreign to them, right? Wow. And it was really a struggle. So it wasn't until I moved back to Lapway after my parents got divorced or started their divorce where I was, James fortunately had moved back sooner than I was. So he protected me a little bit, but he really had to snap me out of some of that like city girl, uh, uppity, privileged, ornery, naive attitude I had about the world. Like dad spoiled us, dad spoiled us. And I had to get unspoiled real fast if I was gonna live on the res and survive. <laughs> there, was, there was that. I mean, summers are fun, summers with your cousins, but it was, it's a, it's a whole different vibe when you go to high school with a bunch of res kids and yep. you're the new kid, you know? Yeah. So, some of them had all gone to school together for their whole lives. And then here comes me just plopping in like, what up guys? Yeah. For sure. And then I guess just based on that international kind of dynamic and being there versus looking at America, um, I kind of think about James Baldwin when he went to, um, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, Istanbul or Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah. So he went over there for like a decade and he like that was his elsewhere. Like he felt like he just flowed naturally in a different country, he kind of took his mind um off of what's going on not necessarily off of what's going on in America I think that always kind of stuck with him but he didn't feel like he had to obviously kind of have that switch on all the time and yeah. so I guess with you and with especially with us being um black native but native especially um I was wondering I guess if Singapore was kind of like now that you look back on it I'm sure when you were younger you didn't really have that um that the mindset you do now, obviously, but looking back at it now, would you consider that kind of that you're elsewhere in a sense, and then coming home and then having to obviously coming home to systematic racism that has not gone anywhere um, by any means. Um, and, and, it, and it's different for us because we can't necessarily just go elsewhere and stay there forever because we're attached to our home. You know, this is our home. We can't necessarily run for our, from our home. We can, but it doesn't feel right, especially to, with how important it is to us. So I guess I just want to see what your views were on that and kind of noticing that transition when you came back home. Sis, that's a powerful question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> we, we digging in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me say this. Um, my dad still lives in Singapore. He's remarried twice to Singaporean women. And oh, wow. um, I, cause it wasn't just an elsewhere for 10 years. Dad is now pushing 25, mm. probably close to 30 years of living in Singapore. 
good for him, right? Like he yeah. doesn't have to be a black man afraid of the police in Singapore in the way mm-hmm. that that would have been a very serious reality for him. And my dad is not small. He is the archetypical like black man that fills up a room just by walking mm-hmm. into it. Like, and, and very nice looking and very striking features and deep, powerful, like voice. I like everything about my father is just strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. he can be that in Singapore and not like crumble white women around him. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. they're, like they're just all of a sudden terrified. Um, yeah. And so I'm happy that he found his elsewhere and has made a home in Singapore still for mm-hmm. me as a young person. Um, it, it, uh, I really recognized and leaned into my own indigeneity, my indigenousness, Uh, as a young person in Singapore, not because there were a whole bunch of natives. No, I'm pretty sure my brother and I were the only natives in that whole school, indigenous Mm -hmm. to North America. They were indigenous people to Indonesia. They were indigenous people to anywhere in Southeast Asia that attended the school that we played soccer with, that we played sports with, that we saw in the hawker stalls. Like there were plenty of indigenous people. And when they shared their stories, it mirrored and paralleled and echoed so much of our own indigenous stories that I was like, oh, this is, indigeneity is worldwide. I mean, I didn't have this language there, but Mm -hmm. I knew I felt a connection to these other brown people in a way that I felt connected to brown people in the United States. And that really stood out. It still stands out to me. Um, I remember my favorite hawker stall plays um, our cooked, roast duck szechuan duck and okay. rice and i would go there like three or four times a day like is blazing oh, God. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> and i remember calling that uncle that ran that hawker stall like uncle i just show up every day and call him uncle and he's like this Aww. tiny brown dude that where he's from <laughs> like he barely spoke english and i barely spoke cantonese but we got along and i got the duck and it was amazing <laughs> she said i got the duck you <laughs> i know. secured the bag <laughs> <laughs> right. so you can be my yeah, but he was like, I can't duck. Look, I got the duck. I got the duck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got yeah. the duck, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it don't mean nothing if you don't get the duck. <laughs> <laughs> uncle or no uncle, you let me know when the duck is got. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, though. Like, I had priorities when I was 15 years old. Watch yep. me work. <laughs> yeah, get that duck though. Yes. And I remember um I had gone on like summer camp for like a week and a half in Australia. And I come back to Singapore and uncle is like, girl, girl, he used to call me girl. Where have you been? Like, he's like, where, where you go? And it was just like this broken English conversation where he was deeply concerned about my whereabouts for a week and a half. Yes. And I realized like I had built myself a little community of brown people in Singapore. And uh, I'm like, this, this is indigeneity worldwide, right? We do this yes. everywhere. It doesn't matter wherever Indian folks are, we, we gather together. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I've, I've been trying to nurture that everywhere I go. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that gives me the most fulfillment and joy in my life is finding other brown people to be in community with wherever I am. I mean, and Michaela, you just said something that was really um, like tugged on my heartstrings. Like, no matter how hard we run from the res, the res doesn't let us go all mm-hmm. the time, right? Like, yeah. we, like we can run, but it's like a, like a bungee. We, sna- we get yeah. when you know exactly. When- and it's a, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse or both, you know, but we, when, when the land calls us home, we go home. 
for sure i think that's one thing especially for me it's like in a sense it's like just our people is obviously who we are that why i move the way i move the things i do and why i do them is all thanks to my ancestors is all things i wouldn't be doing even beadwork for example i mean that's why i always feel like that's when I get snapped back because how can I give more to my people? And I want to be able to carry my successes with my people so that way we can all succeed. So I think that's a very, that's my bungee, I think was where it comes from. And I feel like I want to have an elsewhere moment, you know, I want to go out and at least, you know, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But I think I, I want to have that moment to where, you know, I don't mind separating myself from the world because sometimes it's just a lot, you know, and it's very hard. That hat can be very, 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 very heavy, Mm. you know, and it's important to separate yourself, to understand your own language, understand how you move, how you react and then come home and being able to share that um, with them. And just like you were saying, Ty, it's just like we, you know, we embody kind of each other in a sense. And you want to kind of have that, you know, that indigenous energy of being that, having that togetherness. And um, and one of my books, it was saying like, do for others what you want for yourself or whatever you feel you need, give, give that same energy off um, or whatever you need for that day, whatever you feel like you need give that to someone else and i think we do that as indigenous people as well we sometimes we put ourselves aside for the betterment of our own but that's also what makes us happy and makes us feel you know purposeful in a sense yeah yeah oh so deep yeah Yeah, for sure (laughs) i think for every young person right y'all are both i think both of y'all are about 10 years younger than me a little bit how old are you how old are y'all no, I was like, I don't about? think Kellen mentions his age. Oh, I, I, I'll do Did it all the time. Kellen, how old are you? I, I'm 34. Okay, I'm, I'm, no. Yeah, yeah, you did. I'm you starting did. my 35th year of life. So, you okay, know. Okay, so I'm not 10 years older than you. Michaela. Right, that's, I was like, where's this math coming yeah. from? <laughs> you side-eyed me so hard. My feelings were hurt. Right? <laughs> He's and newly 34 it, because yeah. unfortunately I did not know it was his birthday on Juneteenth. And I'm you like, I, didn't, oh. I, didn't, I had no idea. He's trying to be a little hush hush about it. You I also want to know, know whose birthday it was? Let's Dude. shout out Mimi Poo and Black Relatives. Uh, Deacon Jones was born on Juneteenth. Oh, yeah. I knew. I didn't know it was on Juneteenth. <sighs> on Juneteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Because Juneteenth. I, I didn't know either. For, Look at pause us. Pause for Deacon because boy never comes out and speaks. He's like, it's my birthday weekend. I didn't know it was actually on the day. So now I know why yeah. he leaves me on red every time I get, try to get him. For right. <laughs> and that's actually why I missed the first annual last year because I was out in the mountains by myself. I said disconnect from the world. I did that for my birthday last year. Yeah. I definitely did that. That's very much needed. Yeah. I came back on the 20th. Yep. I came back on the 20th. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Those purple stained fingers from being on the mountains. Yeah. (laughs) I came back and I was like, what? There was a whole event. Uh, And yeah, it was definitely awesome to be there this time around. I was just oh. mad. I was like, I wish I knew it was his birthday. I totally could have embarrassed him. <laughs> right. That's how I was like, you a song. We could have <laughs> a whole cake. Yep. That's us on my TLC creep. You know, I was just trying to slide you were, through. You yeah. did. You succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be silky smooth like the pajamas they wore in the video. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, uh, where were we going we with talk- this? <laughs> my bad. You know, we'll, we'll we get on it. Drift. Yeah, I don't know where we're going. Oh, I did we'll, want to tell you. Oh, yes, go. Michaela, you go. You go. Michaela, yes, go no. somewhere else. Go, find yeah. us somewhere else. Like, <laughs> she said, get out of here, girl. Yeah. Don't play. Well, like, if you 
and I know it's a privilege to travel internationally. I know that like, like going into somebody else's indigenous homelands can have some complications, but if you ever have the opportunity to go somewhere else and blend in and learn another language and learn a whole other culture, like, I don't think I could recommend anything stronger for something like America is the same. We the same bland ass, like (laughs) chicken and potatoes, (laughs) you know, like we are not America's dynamic, not like they think they are. So we, um, go somewhere else and and anywhere in the Southern hemisphere, right? The Northern hemisphere is like a bunch of colonizers. Colonizers are colonizers around the world. That doesn't matter. Around the world. That's my goal. That's what I was thinking about doing. Like hopefully sooner rather than later, because now that I went into business for myself, like all I need is a suitcase full of beads and I'm straight. So like I'm going to have work anywhere. So I'm like, I kind of want to take advantage of that and just go someplace, even if it's for a year or two, whatever, or just something just to kind of because I haven't been out of the country I've been out of I went to Mexico but it didn't count because I didn't get a stamp so I don't really oh no but like (laughs) because we went through Tijuana so you just drive there but um but yeah so I really want to see like New Zealand that's like on my bucket list yes we'll see I think also I think a lot of not to get deep again but like (laughs) but um I think that's one of the things I think natives also also struggle with is leaving and I always try to not promote it as in you know go and stay away but go and come back learn and bring that back to your tribe but I think that's a lot I've heard that more than I've wanted to to where there's a lot of you know tribal members who are kind of scared to do their own thing and up and leave their people let me tell you a story about that because your girl is a storyteller. I got yep. it. <laughs> so in 2014 to 2017-ish, I was in a relationship um, and I moved back to the res for him. He lives on the res. It ended up being a wildly emotionally abusive relationship. Like he was really emotionally abusive and I, 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 I dug into a very depressive state and it was very, very difficult for me to come out of that hole. That was during that time I ran for Neptic. Um, I was trying to like find my way in the world, but here's what happened in that relationship. I put away everything that is exceptional about me, everything that I find joy in. I put it on a little shelf in a box and left it there because that made him comfortable. It made him Mm -hmm. be at peace. It made like, it was about him and his life and his uh, you know, his joy, right? And, but he, didn't, he was not a joyful person. Abusive people are not joyful people. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very so, much insecure. Very, very much so. Uh, I come out of that relationship and I finally, I have a sister friend who was living in Boise at the time and said, look, move down here. I've got a spare room. We can figure out money when we figure it out. I got us until you got you. Um, And it was fantastic. Like I was really the thing that I needed in that moment because I felt so trapped and suffocated by where I was. Yeah. Um, Real quick, like find a little admin gig in Boise, pack all my stuff up in my truck and move down here. But that day that I left home, I thought it was going to be really sad. It's kind of sad now thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Not sad. I don't know. There's just a lot of it's emotionally heavy for me when I think about this story. And here's the point of the story. My mom hugged me she hugged me tight, like only Indian moms can hug, right? Mm-hmm. And then she says, I love you. I'm not letting you come back again. And it like, thinking about that now, like I might cry a little. Um, <laughs> Please do. That's <laughs> okay. Let it, it out. Seriously though. Seriously. <laughs> right? Like, and it's not even like my mom is like, you don't belong here. No, like I yeah. think that my mom has just always known that my 
my role in the world is going to be out in the world. I always yes. come home. I come home and eat and I come home and hang out with the family. I come home and uh, work with my, with my nieces and they give me big love and I try to love on them as much as I can. But mom, it was like that reminder that I'm not meant to be at home in that way. Not right now. That's just not where my yeah. journey is. And so for her to hear it out loud from my mother felt very validating in that moment. Like, oh, she's right. I can't keep coming home when something goes wrong. I can't keep coming back to the res when I can't keep my own shit together. I can't keep coming back to the res as a crutch. I come home mm. because I enjoy being home. I don't come home because I need the crutch, right? Like I, I need a different analogy. Like that's very uh, ableist. So I'm gonna like walk that back. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need um, I need the res to not be, um, you know, the, where I come home to, to lick all my wounds, you know, yeah. like I need yeah. to, learn how to be that in the world. And so to hear mom say that to me, like it was exactly what I needed in that moment. It has helped me flourish in the world in a way that I never thought I was going to in my thirties. Yeah. My healing journey <laughs> has been, has been very difficult since then, but I don't think I would have been able to heal like even start the healing process yeah. had I stayed at home. And so to have mom do that for me and say that, like it was exactly the thing I needed to hear from her in that moment. And I wish more moms on the res said it. Like I hear yeah. some moms, so I'm afraid for my baby to go to college. Like, oh, my baby's going off to do this and I'm just so scared for him. Or, oh, my baby's gonna go do X, Y, Z and travel. I'm just so scared for her. Like, I no, we can't, we can't be scared for them. That's not who we are as Indian people. Like go off, go have an adventure. You'll be just, yeah. you'll be just fine. And we, we, I think we need to like, really reinvigorate that like level of courage and bravery and boldness that we are yes. known for as indigenous yes. people rather than you know the at home apron strings kind of a vibe so yes. i don't know if you're one of the babies one of our youth in the tribe go elsewhere go somewhere yes. else you know it's it's all right we'll take care of you from afar <laughs> yeah that's the thing is like there's Nate as native people no matter what tribe they are necessarily it's like if you know another native it's like that's just a feel good moment too mm -hmm. all over the place like so even my mom said that too I was talking to her and because like I'm in the DMV area right now DC area and I'm like well my lease is almost up like I'm not sure what you know I want to do if I want to stay I don't mind staying and she that's what she said too she's like I don't want you to come home yet and I'm like oh, wow you know and I'm like yeah I know and my thing too is I don't want to come home until I feel like I can provide more opportunities um I'm a firm believer like you shouldn't have to leave your community for a better one but it takes people stepping outside and mentally put getting themselves straight mentally mm -hmm. understanding the world and the world we live in so yeah. that way we can bring back and enforce change but we can't do it one by one we got to do it together and yeah. being able to share those resources but you know and that's the other thing too you can't put the weight of your tribe on your shoulders either because there's so many people who are unwilling to change you know it's yeah. not a one person yeah. fight at all you wish it could be you you can be the most motivated person and have the most momentum and determination to go in and fix your tribe but it's going to take more than one person and once you realize that you you will learn to contribute what you feel like you can contribute on your own level and that will and if and if you're good at it it will influence obviously the correct amount of people but definitely step out and learn a little bit have fun you know what i mean get your hands dirty get in trouble come home you know what yeah. I mean? and then home's always going to be home the res is always going to be the res and so yeah but yeah so i agree i believe that well, it's funny. Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, I was just about to echo your mom. Like, don't go home yet. Like, you're in, yeah. you're in D.C., boo boo. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and we outside now. So I got to find you. Know, it's just, it's just get my hands dirty a little bit. 
<laughs> that's too good well yo i mean and then too just i'm brought back to the blessing and the curse of returning to the res and uh just even the blessing of it really it's returning to our natural homelands you know again just being connected to our land and space and all that is represented within the reservation meaning our community our sense of family a sense of uniting with one another you know and and that is the blessing of coming back and being back in the natural spaces and being around the people who embolden us and who love us and who protect us and then then yeah i just the first thing that i think of with the curse is the fact that it's an actual reservation you yeah. know like that's the curse of it all the blessing is we, we're still going back to our same spaces we're still going back to the same bloodlines that have sustained us for millennia the curse in it is the the american system you know colonialism uh, everything that comes along with what's happened since contact you know that's that's the curse and that's what we're actually living um and so, yeah, it, it's crazy that you mentioned that because it is, it's very much for me, I, I went, I was in Lapway in a very, very vulnerable time in my life. And I honestly believe that the universe and creator, Hanyawa, all of it put me back in that space at that time. And I mentioned this on our, on our first episode when we discussed mental health, because I was just not in a good place. Um, and being back in our homelands, being connected to actual land and to water and to the animals, and then also learning to understand that I can fall back into the net of family members and community members that literally have my back. Um, that's what helped, you know? Uh, and it, it, it just, it helped awaken so much more in me and, and, and I guess really just understanding um, how we're all so important in the grand network of it all, you know, uh, and, you know, it's a learning lesson in accepting help from others uh, and, and being around and learning always. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like, it's an absolute blessing to have that. And I knew every single day that I was so lucky because not everybody has family to fall back into. Not everybody has community to fall back into. Not everybody has a quote unquote guaranteed space in land, a physical space that they can return to, mm -hmm. um, to reconnect and to find these things. And the fact that we do, despite all the nasty and rancid history and just everyday BS that we go through, uh, it is the blessing of being Nimipu, being the people, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, that's power there's a lot of power in that yeah. like everything that you're saying about being able to rejuvenate and restore ourselves on the land is really powerful um some of my favorite stories right like even the coyote story i tell in um in my ted talk mm -hmm. i mean coyote made us of the earth right of the blood of the water of the river like we are of the land so like our our bodies are of those things like wherever yeah. i am i am also on my land and so i've always loved that premise that i can be away from home and still be still carry my land and my sovereignty with me and um it, but it's true like when we go home we're held so strongly like and emotionally and physically that we don't ever have to do anything and it's um 
I don't know. It's very uh, humbling to know that I'm loved and cared for to that way by a whole yes. community, by a whole yeah. community of people. And um, to see, even on Saturday, right? Like to have <laughs> just aunties get, well, come give auntie hug. Come give me an aunt. Your mom said you were coming. Come give me a, like, just everybody asking for hugs and love. Uh, and um, to know that some of these people I haven't seen in at least a year, two years now because of COVID and there still be and exist big love between us. It's just so powerful. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Well, thinking of that with land uh, and the blessing of the curse, you know, we are of the land. It's in our tatuatit. It's in our stories, our creation stories, us being of the land. And then thinking of the other side about the curse, um, you know, yeah. the curse being the reservation, the curse being colonization. And I know for you, your major things are decolonization and land back. And uh, we kind of started talking about decolonization in one of our other episodes, I think just our last one, just mentioning a little bit. Uh, yeah, we've never even really jumped into land back. And I just wonder what those two terms, phrases, and all that is encompassed within those characters of letters coming together, you know, decolonization and land back. Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah, well, decolonization at its base, the very core of decolonization is land back, right? To decolonize the United States in social, political, and economic ideology is to give land back to indigenous people, restore indigenous people to the stewards of the land. We have tens of thousands of knowledge couched in this earth and in these waters and in this air and in the plants and in the animals. And so for us, we know inherently and intrinsically how to take care of it in yeah. a way that our non-native neighbors haven't. Otherwise they wouldn't rape the land in the way they do. They would not extract resources to extinction in the way that they do. And um, what we're trying to do when we say land back is restore indigenous folks as stewards of the land and ensure consent for any decisions made about that land in perpetuity moving forward, yeah. right? Um, are we digging? Does the tribe consent? No, they don't. Then you're not digging, right? Um, uh, what are we doing around these dams? Does the tribe consent? They don't tear down the dams, right? Like that's, that's yeah. what it means, like restoring the land so that she can repair herself restore the rivers so that they can repair themselves. I feel like nature is always gonna be able to restore and take care of herself. Oh, yeah. As long as we interrupt the settler colonial capitalist patriarchal systems that are now doing really painful damage to her now. And the longer we allow this to continue, the more violence we see in our own communities, the more addiction issues we'll see, the more scarcity we'll see in our communities. Like we have so much to interrupt, but the very premise of interrupting these harmful systems is to give land back to indigenous folks. This part where probably white listeners are like, well, what happens to all the white people? Well, yeah. now you start paying rent to indigenous people like you should have been doing, <laughs> <Yes>. right? This <laughs> is like, that now, now you own a home or you think you're gonna pay a mortgage or you're gonna pay that money to the tribe. Oh, yeah. you, like you own farmland, you're gonna lease it now. And then we decide what you grow, right? Like monocropping is also very bad for the environment. Like yeah. there's a whole, like I could really go into a vast discussion about what interrupting the systems of capitalism, patriarchy, and uh, white supremacy look like by way of decolonization, but the very baseline of it is to restore the land to indigenous people across Turtle Island, North and South America, 
I mean, because this is also a worldwide issue for indigenous folks everywhere. Like we are yeah. all displaced. We have all been forcefully removed, violently removed from our homelands. We, if we restore that, we watch the planet rejuvenate herself. We interrupt violence. We interrupt marginalization. We interrupt oppression and then can rebuild our communities from there. That's my big vision for that. You actually just asked me, like, what is your big vision for the world? That's it. That Bingo. is it. <laughs> that yes. was literally my last question. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it, Ty. Just kidding. My bad. <laughs> Black liberation <laughs> in sovereignty. Like, literally, my question is, what imprint do you hope to leave on the leave on the world? Well, we got that one early. But <laughs> got it early. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have another question. I mean, I get in there. Get in there. You, but I'm really not trying to take all your time. But one of the uh, one of ones I definitely want to ask is. What advice do you have for the youth who have a message for the betterment of their community, but don't know how to voice it? Oh my goodness. Um, I believe that the youth are our strongest voices, but we are so adultist, right? Like we mm. like, oh, that's cute. You're, but you're just a baby. No, like my eight-year-old niece just drops knowledge bombs all the time. Like yeah. it's, she's brilliant. And the fact that we don't amplify those youth voices and that youth wisdom just blows me away. And it actually kind of breaks my heart. So here's what advice I'd have for young people. Say what you have to say and say it all the time and say it loudly. If your expression isn't oral storytelling and your expression is art, create art as much as you can, as often as you can. If your expression is music, create music as often as you can, as loud as you can. And um, continue to do so because eventually like people people pay attention to that level of passion and that level of consistency and that level of devotion to your message to your own message right and um i've always been raised in a way where everybody around me told me that my voice was important despite white supremacy despite racism right all of these systems that would say black women don't get to have a voice i mean it's a constant fight right but everybody, my grandmothers on my black side, grandmothers on my indigenous side, every, your voice is important, your voice matters. So every time I spoke, I spoke with conviction, whether one person in the room believed me or a thousand people in the room believe me, somebody's going to believe me and hear me. And I, and I really hope that our young people um, can have that level of confidence and be empowered in that same way uh, to share their stories. I'm, my name is the storyteller, but everybody is a storyteller. Yes. Stories are our, our most OG, most powerful stories are coming from young folks, you know, yeah. and that's, and I, and I hope that they know that. I hope that young people know how powerful they are and how capable they are of changing the world in whatever way they see fit, you know? Yes. Um, all right, I, believe I believe the that. children are our future. Hey. <laughs> Teach them well and let, let them, them lead the way. <laughs> Why did I just start thinking of sexual sexual chocolate? Because oh, <laughs> uh, we know that boy good. That boy good. <laughs> oh, oh, funny. No. Take black people nowhere. <laughs> Can't give them a mic. <laughs> Uh, oh so great so absolutely great. amazing well hi thank you so much yes um, i know i'm i'm a little disappointed because i still see a couple bullet points on my list here uh which i guess just means that we'll have to lead into a part two at some point here for it uh, here. 
Yeah, the, the, the series, the Thai series. The Ty Simpson series. <laughs> How about you just put us on your show? That way. Thank we you. Have- yeah. <laughs> Remember that one time? Well, let's start here. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> just asking you questions all day. <laughs> well, thank you. We definitely appreciate you coming in and kind of speaking with us. This obviously feels great to interview our own. Um, for sure. So it gives us a warm feeling. So we definitely want to say thank you. Many, many, many thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm happy to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow, 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 wow. Every time I talk to yes. Ty, every time I listen to Ty, I learn about so much more. Oh, I know. And I had so many more questions, but I'm like, if time permitted, we'd be sitting here until the crack of dawn because right. she's so full of wisdom and she it would no longer like be didn't... a podcast i know it'd be like an audio book or a <laughs> memoir or a novel like right. we'd go so the far qbc deep. channel just yep, like yep. on 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> she's so she has so so much to offer and i feel it's not that she downplayed it but i feel like she was so laid back and yes. i was so antsy to ask her these questions but at the same time this girl is just just her presence and her influence. No matter where she is, you're going to get the best sides of Ty. And so I think I was just blessed and grateful enough that we were able to get a side of Ty today. You know, it was it was a very fun interview. So Oh my gosh, it was I'm such glad. a good time. Seriously. Yes. And you know, going into it, I was so nervous. I was like stumbling I was over too. myself. I <laughs> wasn't nervous till we got on. As soon as we started recording, I was like, Seriously. Oh, look who we have. One of our own, you know what I mean? Doing big things. And it's not that it's intimidating, but it's like, you know, just to be able to be when although we weren't necessarily in her presence, but for her to, yes. you know, just be on air with us was I was really grateful because I'm like, she does those big things yeah on behalf of our people but you know as a black native or somebody that we can relate to too as well you know yes uh such a badass in so many ways and has so many great sound bites and just informational moments spread across the internet and that's why i was like I didn't know how to introduce her, you know, because of just either. being such a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, and so then I'm, I'm so glad that uh, her humanity is just so beautiful and she has such a capacity to just reach out and connect with others uh, mm-hmm. because that really just, I don't know, it really enriched our conversation and it helped put me at ease because, again, she's a powerhouse and she has yeah. a lot to say. And, and if you do have the opportunity and the access to go out and learn more about Thai, please do. Uh, even okay. even a Facebook Live <laughs> will teach you some things because yeah. I've I've heard her go in on Facebook even, and I'm like, yeah, her post, girl, yeah, this masterclass. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and her TED talk I believe is on um, YouTube. Yeah, if you can not, find it on, on YouTube, TED, the TED app. So and that's yes. free. So yes, Indigenous Check storytelling as a political lens uh, with Ty oh. Simpson. So yeah, definitely. And and she gave me a boop, 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 boop. I got two in one episode. Come on, like, look at you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Racking them up. My signature. Yo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> we just know. Oh, that that that's that's for Michaela. That's her sound. Girl, People what's that just sound? know. Oh, it's just right? Michaela in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does that sometimes. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of places international and places that you may even want to pack up and go to with your suitcase of beads and leave, live in, <laughs> I know you mentioned New Zealand. Is there any other, do you have any other like top three destinations of places like, oh, I could definitely do it up over here? 
I don't know about live because I've never like been someplace to be like okay, I'm okay, okay. Live here. But I know I want to be, like New Zealand's on my list, Italy's on my list because I your girl loves pasta. I can eat pasta yes. every single day. Pasta and wine is my life. So that's <laughs> on my list. But it's just literally for the food. Although the culture I'm sure is amazing too. <laughs> had a very strong culture. All right. <laughs> I love, I'm sure the culture is great too, right? The food, the food will get you though. Look. Yo, my decisions are all revolved around food. This whole international trip was decided over <laughs> pasta and wine, Shadi. Like. Uh, all right. New Zealand was definitely for the culture. No, I love, but sorry. Italy, yeah. I mean, I mean, they got culture, of course. They're like, I don't, all right. We got to. We got to take two. <laughs> well, that too, but food first when it yes. comes to Italy. Yes. And then. Jamaica's still on my list, but that's a lot Ooh, more doable. Yes. So I honestly might hit there before um, the end of the year. Come on. Cars. But New Zealand's definitely on my list. Like, I really love... Did you ever see that movie, Whale Rider? Yes. I love Yeah, with the young girl, right? Like, Bleh! Like, that's oh so... Like, I want to, like, go watch one of those. Oh, hakas? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That, yeah. yeah. I, I love a good haka. I love watching those. But, um, like, on social media, obviously, because I'm not there. But right. <laughs> I want to be there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so the New Zealand, Italy, Jamaica. I want to go to Puerto Rico because your girl loves plantains. Yes. And Brazil. I want to go everywhere. Brazil. Yes. My, my sister like, let's go to Switzerland. I'm like, all right. Nice. What kind of you got a list. Got? Like, I don't know anything about Switzerland. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Number one food. Got to make sure. The chocolate. Really I think that's the thing, right? There. Swiss chocolate? I don't know. I have no idea. Look, apparently There's we need to hit the Google. people over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure they got their sections just like any other place. But girl, Oh, my you. gosh. Right? Oh, I would love to see the hood in Switzerland. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I hate to say it like that. You say that, that yeah, and you know I'm not scared. Right? I mean, there's a hood everywhere. Everywhere. So, so don't get it twisted. That. I won't. Exactly. I just oh picture like the blonde hair, blue eyes with the two like braids going out the side of their yeah. ears. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're about to, somebody's going to come out no, no, yeah, and I know, like, exactly. talking we're trash about, about my people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about crybaby. Um, Where could you live? Because you've done some traveling. I've so. done a cute little number. I've, yes. I've been in a few spots in Asia as well as spending some time in Brazil. Uh, and so definitely going back to Brazil is a number one. That one's way up there. Uh, I, I want Brazil's nice. Brazil. I have a friend, um, oh. and she's from Brazil. And she goes to and from. And I'm like, girl, let me know when you're going because I'm trying to come. She said, Where does she live? really nice. I forget. She okay. told me, but I forgot. No worries. She, no worries. D- she works in D.C., so she works um, for the government. But she goes home from time to time. And she's like, you got to come out here. Like, the beaches yes. are nice. And I'm yes. like, you don't got to say nothing but a word. Trust. <laughs> Trust. I learned an entire language simply to go to Brazil. I was really? uh, yeah, it was my freshman year of college, and I was walking in the hallways of the language department. And I had to register for my for my sophomore year classes, and mm-hmm. I saw a poster on the wall that says "Want to go to Brazil?" And I said yes. Yeah. I'm and at the Brazil. bottom it said "Learn Portuguese, <laughs> register for." And I said I will do that now. I went back yeah. to my dorm and I registered for Portuguese, and then the next year I was in Brazil. 
So I would do that too. Yeah, uh, they got me. I could tell you that much. Whoever whoever made that poster literally helped influence me in learning <laughs> a completely different language and culture. <laughs> because that one little question, "Want to go to Brazil?" I said, "Yeah, yeah. girl." <laughs> I'm there. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Brazil's up there. Definitely Japan. I want to check out for sure. I want to spend a little bit more time in Thailand because I didn't. I was like in and out. Uh, and then my sister lived there. She oh, word. It. Yeah, she loved it. She was there for what, a year or two. She what? She said it's cheap too. Like yeah, you can it's get hella cheap. mounds and mounds of food for like something that costs pennies here. So go off. Um, yeah, that'd probably be a good place to go. Yes, and then uh, South Africa, Ghana. Oh yeah, I gotta go home. I'm gonna go to Soweto but only because Ooh. Bob Marley and like anybody who knows me knows I love me some Bob. But he did like a free concert out there and it's supposed to be really nice i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go to ghana oh and yes. i did ancestry and i found out i'm like benin in togo or something so uh, that'd be kind of cool to figure out actually yeah, benin Africa's is now on my list yeah go watch um on netflix hi on the hog yeah <laughs> yes, trust me i yes, did that I last week twice oh i need to do my and second I time a cowboy episode because yes you remember the last one yeah, girl so. it, and it made all the sense because i was like when cowboy. has a white man ever let anybody <laughs> call him boy, boy. Exactly. you know never yeah. never yeah. you got all these cowboy well so-called cowboys out here who think you know it's like a white pride thing i feel like yeah. and it's like yeah. um no Unfortunately, it derived from black people. I can't. As soon as they mentioned that tidbit, I was like, there is no other instance that I can think of where a white man has allowed people to call him boy. Mm-hmm. You know? Not it, in- it literally is just like a phrase. Like, yeah. go check on that cowboy. Hey, boy, where's that cowboy? Like, yeah. then it stems into cowboy. So. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, how they had a boy for every task, you know? Yeah. This exactly. was the boy for that, the boy for the other. The house you know. boy, the cowboy, yeah, the field boy. Okay, so yes, uh, that's why. Uh, yeah, Benin is now on because that pilgrimage that he hits in that show, which I wasn't even expecting. You know, I was looking Me forward either. to everything that I already had in the trailer, and then once you dug into, the, I, oh, there go my chills. Boom, you're gonna see him. Boom, we yeah. have no chills. <laughs> now. Took the whole show to get some chills. Um, <laughs> you know those things. Uh, because, yeah, I didn't expect all that stuff. And, like, to see the pilgrimage and, like, yep. the journey back and to learn, um, I was like, this is something. It's calling me, you know. And yeah. to, to see it, to, to witness him going through it uh, was so beautiful. And I was, you know, just, like, shedding, shedding, shedding all the tears. Uh, yeah. He did a great job. An amazing Because I watch a lot job. of food shows. Like, that's, like, something I always do is watch, like, food and travel shows. And so I'm thinking it's yeah. just, like, kind of more of a – you know, yes. you travel, try the food. But like, this was a whole history lesson. A whole of the thing. Food. And I'm like, we need to do this for natives. Yeah. Not to throw my to throw that idea out there because I definitely want to do that. That's my. That's yes. not my death. Like, if I that is like I don't have a dream job. Okay. Like, but that is my dream job is just travel, eat, and critique. Like, I would yes. do the rest of, I would drop everything else just to do that. Like, oh, easy days. Like, you know how dope it would be to do like a native one into where you travel to each one but the only shaky part is it's like okay i don't know these skins like who knows what they're gonna put in my food <laughs> like, put some spirits in there medicine man come through you know cough on it like i don't know really <laughs> like, that's the hard part it's Still like indigenous kinda, uh... food yeah indigenous food you gotta be <laughs> you know, yep. yep but no 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 i mean <laughs> but yes so 
I love no, 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 but also yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, two things can be true at the exact same time. You don't see nobody traveling over to Indian country to try their food because we shoot. I know if I was a medicine man, I'd have to. We're going to have to cut this out. Oh my gosh, I live. Oh, speaking of things to not get cut out, uh, actually, in a day. To not get cut out? I said cut that out. I want to uh, actually add on without a full spoiler yet uh, an addendum to last episode because I mentioned that I'm watching Rutherford Falls, which I have now <gasps> finished. Me too. I binged it for oh like my a lot for two days and I was like, and like, I'm pretty sure I almost finished it the first day, but I started it really late. Yeah. Otherwise I would have finished it in one day, but I'm like, this is so, so good. Good. Yes. So good, right? Yes. Um, and and I said something last week about uh, not seeing me and or um, a black native in anything. You know how we that yeah. was our conversation. That was our whole conversation. Nate yeah. trying to take it on for myself. I said this. We <laughs> talked about this thing, right? Um, however, I did specifically mention Rutherford Falls, and without spoiling anything, there was a moment where I said yes. And where? In the show, you saw one? <laughs> the spotting, the sighting. Yes, I saw one, girl. <laughs> I know. You know, but that's how, that's how I am. I'm going to tell you a story. And I love one <laughs> as if we aren't <laughs> of <laughs> the thing well, that we're looking for. <laughs> well, this is how, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I live. So we were, I was in Lewis with my cousin. And um, he's black, so we were in Lewiston, and obviously it's very—it's a very rare sighting to see so black no. people in Lewiston. Yes, oh yeah. And so usually when I go, I'm like, dang! Like just the other day, I said, dang, that's the third one I've seen today. Mm-hmm. And so one day we were coming out of the store. I don't think we seen. Any, we might have saw two black. I don't know. We saw a few. We were like, what is going on today? Like there's a lot of black people out. And then we're coming out the store, and this guy also in this car just. He was going a normal pace, and then all of a sudden he just slams on the brakes, and he just rolls down his window, and here's this big old African man, and he just like, with <laughs> a huge smile Pops on his a big face. smile out. He goes, hi. And we're like, hey, like, what? Like we're kind of nervous. We're like, mm-hmm. what's this guy doing? Maybe he thinks he knows us. Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? And I'm like, we're like, we're from here. He's like, oh, well, it's very nice to meet you. And like, he just was talking and talking and talking. And it's like, dang, I'm like, but we felt good walking yep. away. But we know this would never go down in the city. Like, Anywhere else. But like, I was just like, but that's why I say one, because it's like, <laughs> we are a very rare sighting. And then let alone an Afro-Indigenous person. Yeah. Where you never see any of us anywhere. So that's yes. where the one comes from. But yeah. So very, to answer your question, scary. yes, I saw one. Which uh, episode was this? I need to go back and support our brothers and sisters. Right. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's later in the season. I want to say episode eight. I could be mistaken. However, there is a moment uh, where there's a group of people gathered, and I see my melanated uh, native uh, with their long natural hair and big beaded earrings. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in the group. Uh, and I literally vocally audibly said yes when i Mm -hmm. saw it because it was history in the making that was the first time that i'd ever seen that on screen and yes it was one in one scene 
in one little bit yeah i'm like okay at least that's you know uh one step in a journey of a thousand miles or whatever they say so Mm -hmm. you know shout out to our step yeah they're doing a good job um rutherford Rutherford. Rutherford. oh my gosh the show itself yes yeah they did a great job in representation it sounds like they want to do a lot more which brings me to a shout out because we haven't done a shout out in a long time i want to shout out to daniel spalding <laughs> on the conversation with Daniel, go yes. check him out. It's at the conversation with Daniel. Yes, he interviews the main girl. Is it Gina? Hopefully, I'm, or Jenna? Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. But she did an interview with him on our Nimi Poo K I Y E, and she breaks down the show a little bit and goes into detail. So everybody definitely go check that out. But yes, um, wait, actually. So wait, pause me there because I don't know if he released it yet. Uh, I, I believe it's online. I've seen okay. it. Okay, we'll still I... cut me out because <laughs> this little bit out because I'm like, shoot, am I even supposed to say anything? But um, but yeah. So it sounds like they're on the path of still, you know, wanting to represent um just native culture. I really loved what they did with the beadwork. It was an every oh shot, and it gosh. was so, so normalized. Beautiful. And it felt good. Like, first yes. episode, I'm like, okay, whatever. But they did it every single episode. And it was crazy. It just felt so heartwarming. And maybe yes. it's just because I'm a bead worker. But to see bead work in every single shot, in every single episode, it was just, it was so normalized. And it was yeah. such a good feeling. Because you don't see that all the time. Nope. So, and especially on a screen, you know. Yeah. A national screen. So, yeah. that was that was really good. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, it was an intentional part of it all, you know, and Jenna mm-hmm. herself is a bead beadwork artist. Yeah. Uh, so she's Lakota. Lakota. That's how they say it. Get them. <laughs> real <shock>. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> they say it real real nispers. Right. <laughs> like a zakis. Yep. well dope yeah i'm I'm glad that uh that you got to check it out because it is genius and and i I just wanted to add that in there um because again you know this is an evolving process and it was awesome to see that Um, oh you know what i'm watching sorry not to cut you off no you got it all the time i'm I'm gonna throw up like the hand emoji or something on the zoom meeting (laughs) the raise hand i like Sometimes I feel like Dory, and that's why I'm like I just blurt stuff out. Ah. So I'm like, Michaela, you might forget this. In so two am I, Marlin, or am I Nemo? <laughs> <laughs> like, you let me know. <laughs> oh, because I just feel play. like I'll forget what I'm gonna say. But um, I'm watching Yellowstone. Have you watched Yellowstone? Oh, I'm I've on the seen third episodes, season. I've been yet binging I it. it. I've been binging it. Binging it. I mean. The primary outline is basically land in Montana and how this like this guy, but he's white, is yeah. like trying to save his land. And I'm like, this should be a... Sh-. And there's natives mm. in it, obviously, mm-hmm. because they're in like on the res. But I'm like, first of all, you guys are spotlighting these white people about yep. losing their land and you're trying to make yes. us feel bad for them when yes. this should be natives. But I do like the show, so I'm just going to keep watching it. But like, you go off. <laughs> as much as I'm against the little premise that they have. But then you also have the native who is like trying to get all of the land back. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's trying to work basically against all of them. So obviously I'm rooting for him. But then his own people are against him because yep. he's like, you want to keep building all of these casinos. So there's a lot of, you know, um, twists and turns and deep rooted different points behind a lot of it. But then one of the things got me mad. I was watching one and he was this white guy making some breakfast for the white girl. And he was like, have you ever had fry bread? And he like has it in a pan. First of all, there's no oil, so <laughs> just dry, like making dry, dry, <laughs> dry, dry fried fry bread. 
they had a native made pan fried? a very good looking piece of fry bread yeah. and it was it just plopped in like a black cast iron pan with some bacon and eggs on top of it I'm like alright now we gotta reclaim fry bread like is that right. really what's going on you guys are trying to steal our fry bread like oh and make it gosh. seem like you cooked it he's like have you ever tried any I'm gonna make you some breakfast and I'm like first of all thank <laughs> you so I'm like we gotta fight for everything <laughs> <laughs> But it is a good show. I think you guys should definitely check it out because obviously there are natives in the, in wow. the, in the show. Yeah, well, y- y'all get it. Uh, Yellowstone, it's like a HBO or Showtime or something like that. It's it? on Peacock. Oh, oh, is it? I'm sure, yeah, oh, it's on Peacock, together. but it's obviously not by Peacock. But, oh, um, yeah, a lot of my family yeah. watches it. I, I've so, that's why I've seen episodes of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, refuse because yeah, you I know, know. I get, I'll watch it <laughs> you know you. me I'm like oh so it's it's centering these people I know uh, my people are the extremities and then yeah yes. I have to I have to sympathize with this white rancher and his family losing their yeah. land and it being and challenged that's the part that sucks I mean it's a it is good but like at the same time I'm just like this is all wrong <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean this is yeah. all wrong you're trying to make us feel bad and the thing about it too is like there is a native woman in the show and yes. she's like so you guys are taking you know my family always had a fight for this oh and that was a thing too they put this in there and it was like our family my ancestors was on the same exact land talking about like the rancher who owned all this land because it's like her father-in-law and she's like my family this was our land 150 years ago and just like um my ancestors, you're getting your land ripped away, so it's just like you're native. I'm like, you seriously trying oh, to give them that one? Oh, you know what no. I mean? Like, see, I could. Uh, no, so it's like I gosh, hate it. I like, I like the storyline. Like, it's just like soap opera stuff. But there's so many underlining issues. Exactly. To where this, you know. You know what I mean? Yes. So. See, that's why I can't support. I can't do it. I get it. I, I, I honestly get it, don't. I do get it. Yeah, and honestly, and then the other part about it, on top of that too, is low-key Kevin Costner, which like all the respect. You That's know? His, the guy who did Dance with Wolves, right? That's yes. the main guy? Okay. I can't yes. remember his name. Um, so, yeah, major uh, movie of the 90s, Dances with Wolves, um, which if you've never seen, you know, you can, again, Google yeah, the premise and see. Everybody has seen Dances <laughs> you know? with Wolves. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like it's a major staple for a lot of people. It's what a lot of people identify with, people Native people, like and, you know? Yeah. Um, and here I am. So it's like, yes, this man, Kevin Costner, like made all this money doing this Indian movie. Him with stands with a fist with her and her feathered hair and just looking a mess. And girl, all of that. And then and now Yellowstone. And then I have a hard time because I'm like, I'm pretty sure which, you know, maybe I ought to hit Google myself. Yeah, I'm like, I think Kevin Costner has a place on Wallawa Lake, which oh, really? I could be mistaken i believe that like sylvester stallone does um wow and it's crazy because in my mind i'm like i don't want you to have land i don't care who you are like (laughs) get off my land yeah uh yeah kevin costner yeah so kevin costner owns well my bad so i'm reading it right here yeah so kevin costner (laughs) owns um a, a part on the east side of the lake. You know, so here I am. I'm like, you're this white man who's profited off of Dances with Wolves, uh, whereas the white savior complex, you know, you went out, you were this drunk who wanted to kill himself because you didn't like your life, and then you go out, and then the, the Native people save you despite your fear of them, and you learn mm-hmm. so much, and now you become this great person, and now you want to, to work against them, and now the white people are working against you. Uh, yeah. You know? 
Uh, so mm-hmm. there's that whole that's that's Dances with Wolves if you haven't seen it, uh, and then yeah now this whole thing with Yellowstone where it's like yes I'm like all these natives are like oh my gosh there are brown faces on the screen they're talking about some of these things yet even in the discussions they're still very flawed and I'm like here you are profiting off all this nativeness and here you Mm -hmm. are literally taking the land that my forefathers were ripped away from you know I'm like give me that estate dude like where are the Nest Perce people allowed to come through your eastern or your your cabin on the eastern shore of our lake you and Sly Stallone and all the other rich motherfuckers out there excuse me I just got to that point though you know because I'm like (laughs) you're sitting up here and you're stouting these things and I'm that's why I can't support because I'm like no I'm not putting my money there and I'm not I'm not giving you this thing because it enrages me in this way you know what I'm saying like you have literally been profiting off of us and our storylines and your proximity to nativeness for mm-hmm. so long yet at the exact same time you still keep us to the side and you're a, a, a rich ass man who can make a difference and you are literally making a difference for yourself and your family by owning the land that was taken from us and you are claiming it for yourself as a yeah. private estate girl I agree. Meanwhile, my auntie's out here I trying to fight. To make you angry no, 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 not at all. <laughs> However, like my aunties no, are fighting for though. funding and for places to bring young Nest Purse children down to our homelands just to learn over the course of three days a little bit about our culture. You know, mm-hmm. they're fighting for I these resources and for these places. Though, you know, so I'm like, girl, you got access right here and right now. You want to be a baddie and you really want to be about the Nest Purse or about the Native people. And, you know, mm-hmm. so much of your career is based off this. And Whitney, you know, because that girl carried him tough. I will always mm-hmm. love you. Carried him tough. The girl's iconic because of Whitney. Um, oh, I don't yeah, want to say because of Whitney. Yeah. 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 However, just, you know, again, just that proximity um, building into his authority as an actor and as a person, you know. So his authority within the Native community is like, oh, yeah, girl, that's Kevin Costner. Remember? That's Lou Ten-Ten. Like, we know him from way back in the 90s. No. I don't know. There, there's my second set of chills. Uh, and excuse me for like getting <laughs> hype there for a second. Yeah, I don't no, know. That's that that's sense. another reason why I I'm just like I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I know that. I'm like yeah, once crazy. once you give us our let like let me give me a key to your estate and let me come and bring my family down there on the lake whenever I want and then maybe I'll watch an episode or two on my own. Yeah. Beyond that, <laughs> miss me. Yeah, I mean it's like the same thing we were talking about the last episode about. Okay, yeah, you can put us in your put us in your work or put us in your ads or put us in your movie or whatever, but what are you really doing for us? You know, and then now to find out that he has land in Wallawa, you know, who who really knows what he has done for native people with how much he's worked with them. Um, Again, I'm nobody. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm just a person with a microphone. (laughs) Yeah, but dang. Yeah. Anyways, well, thank you for that. And then Bruce Jenner's mom. Oh, I, I, I know nothing. <laughs> you didn't really. Her mom lived. His mom or her. What is she? Caitlin. Oh, lives. Um, you never knew that. Her mom lives in Lewiston. No she idea. Was just out here. Yeah, she was just out here a few months ago. Mary Jane Oatman got a picture with with. Caitlin. Oh my bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. why I threw that joke in there earlier. But I didn't. Oh, I, I completely know. missed. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Honestly, well, I, I kind of have like a gray spot for Jenner slash Kardashian just in my. That's another great gay gray area. That, that her mom's out here. So, so yeah, it must have just been the full block out from my from my space in my life because yeah, my spirit knew better. It said, "Ooh, I do not receive you. those words." I do not blame you. Trust me, I do not hold that against you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the rest of the world, unfortunately. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time again and for allowing yes. me just a quick little moment. Oh, of uh, course. We needed one of those. Yeah. We haven't had one for a while. Yeah. So you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> jokes. And uh, also, Kevin Costner, if you're listening, and any other of you uh, rich people there on our land, Get hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just that. Get off. Period. Uh, perfect. All right. Well, <laughs> sounds good to me. Wrap this up. We had a great show. Shout, Shout out, out to Ty. Until our next episode, y'all. See you there. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shoutouts to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. Kotskiyapihechnu. See you next time.